0: Hey, this is Gary Butterfield. This is Cole Ross. And rather than uh, try to make some kind of sketch about like an already very funny game, uh, we're going to do this instead.
1: <laughs> yes, um, this is the five-year anniversary episode. Uh, that yep. is crazy. I've been doing this uh, show longer than I've done pretty much anything aside from go to grade school. Not mm-hmm. grade school, and, and then then I stopped after grade school, as is apparent by my speech and writing.
0: We're we're gunning <laughs> for you, grade school. <laughs> The, uh, once we get to the grade school anniversary, <laughs> we'll know we'll, we've made it. It's so convenient that the birthday of Watch Out for Fireballs is also my birthday. <laughs> it's really easy to remember. But yeah, it's coming up on five years. So five years is pretty crazy. Um, we're really, really appreciative for everybody who stuck with us. Mm-hmm. And it's been really fun to watch it grow and everything. So rather than uh, try to, you know, make some kind of goofy joke about like what's under the pyro's mask or what have you <laughs> uh we're just gonna say thank you yeah and we, uh, and call it that we really appreciate you and on with the show My name is Gary Butterfield. My name is Cole Ross. And another thing to watch out for Fireballs, it is a retro games podcast. Yes, and for this
1: fifth year anniversary episode, we are talking about Team Fortress 2, which is a multiplayer first person shooter uh, developed and published by Valve for the PC, Xbox 360, and PS3 in 2007.
0: Yes. Um- yeah. So let's um, before we get into anything, let's <laughs> throw out some some caveats yes. uh, ahead of us, like sticky bombs, for when we run into them. Yeah. Let's um, just let's
1: just uh, get get in, uh, even though it's coming around the corner, we should really get in front of this.
0: Yes. Uh, <laughs> we we always uh, so whenever we do a, a genre, we don't really know. We like to let everyone know uh, know that. Um, but we've never done something that is like this is the Chinese democracy of games, except it came out so. <laughs> This is what something, and, and it's also uh, not the same kind of level of quality. Um, it, this will never be as good as Chinese democracy. Oof, uh, the, um, I'm, I'm <laughs> the, uh, but this is, we've never played anything that has had this kind of support and development. Right. For this long. And what that means is an incredibly wide
1: scope. Right. Um, this might as well be an MMO. Like The only thing I can think of that would be a similar kind of challenge to talk about would be something like WoW that has that sure. has been in development for uh, for even longer or at least been open and in active development you know for, for for an even longer time uh team fortress 2 has gone through a tremendous amount of change and even though the base game and kind of the uh the the the, the small elements it's it's still there um uh, there's still a lot of stuff that has kind of been twisted and shaped and there's just so much breadth that we're not even going to pretend to be uh kind of uh, exhaustive with this
0: Yes. So, so what that means uh, on one hand is just uh, every single kind of weapon variation, uh, things like that, things that got introduced in like a timeline of updates we don't really know. and yeah. um, We're going to kind of hit the high points uh, for that. <laughs> what that also means, though, is that people who are really invested in this, um, you know, our treatment doesn't get quite the full experience. No,
1: um, um, there are people who have played thousands and thousands of hours, um, even within our community, and they've been very helpful in uh, mm-hmm. kind of presenting that information to us as we've played, played with them. Like, uh, like Eric, what up, man? Thank yeah. you for all the help and for explaining this stuff. Um, but, um, you know, we've put in probably a, a little bit more time than we usually do um, with a game that we have two weeks to cover.
0: Yeah. Yeah, like it, between my two, between when I first started playing it and the second kind of install, uh, I probably have put in like, you know, like 20, 25 hours into this game, something mm-hmm. like that total yeah. Uh between two two kind of like with a huge gulf of time between them. <laughs> um and that's not nearly enough to get a full picture. So um we're gonna present uh present the game, kind of our impressions of it with our kind of touristy, limited perspective, but just know uh before you go firing off about uh, and also <laughs> part of it's the genre. Like these genres that we don't really have time to master tend to have um some gatekeeping yeah. in the community. So before somebody fires off an email about like the correct strategy that we're we're saying wrong like we're just kind of going again like we always do from our experience with this kind of flyover that we were able to do Mm -hmm. on our our timeline yeah Uh, um is (laughs) is there a podcast for team fortress Two? like is there like the team fortress two weekly thing where they talk about evolving strategies in the meta game and stuff like that
1: i have no idea and if i knew about one i would be the first to say hey go listen to these guys for the authoritative view
0: (laughs) i bet you there was at some point and now there's just an overwatch one
1: yeah I like that I've I mean I've seen you know I, I scan the top the top 300 every once in a while there lo- there's lots of overwatch but I have not seen anything that is like uh an engineer's hat with a microphone sticking out of it or something sure. like that yeah yeah so um, uh, extend to some grace um and uh we're going to try and make this uh entertaining and uh you know kind of like a like a nice broad swoop of kind of the time that we spent with it um because I have history with this franchise at the very least um mm-hmm. but yeah coming back to this game in 2016 it's kind of like waking up um, uh, it's, it's like being Rip Van Winkle waking up.
0: Sure. Yeah. yeah well, and also, um, this will be useful to people who don't really, cause there are people out there who just don't really play competitive shooters. And like, mm-hmm. I would listen, I don't want to listen to the overwatch. Like it's the overwatch ship and cast, you know, or <laughs> whatever, whatever, they are. But I would like something like a watch out for Fireballs treatment of overwatch. I would like to listen to just to kind of get the basics on all the classic, like what we're going to do. I think there's probably value mm-hmm. in or a market for as yeah. a gross term. Um, because I would listen to that for other multiplayer shooters where I just kind of have this high level interest without actually wanting to dive in. Um, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, let's, uh, we'll stop disclaiming (laughs) now, but just know that when we get to the classes and stuff, we're not going to go over every single weapon variation. Nope. We are not broad strokes.
1: We're not chapter and verse on what, what came out in which update and we're going to misspeak.
0: Yep. Um. And there's going to be, (laughs) um, and, uh, down to, uh, map modes. There are more modes or tons of community content. Um, You know, the stuff that wasn't canonized, we're not going to get to. So if the idea is, oh, nobody plays that, everyone plays this community mod, uh, we probably don't know that. Right. (laughs) Um, So it's not an omission by, you know, it's not an act of violence. No, no. So let's uh, let's get on with it now with that gigantic caveat By yeah. the way yeah um so i'm gonna skip
1: these other these other uh caveats it's going to be a bit of a weird episode but as the name of team fortress implies this is a team-based shooter uh where you know you choose a class and you work together with your team red or blue uh to accomplish these different tasks um you know by either playing offense defense or support in these broad categories
0: mm-hmm. yeah well before i mean just that that's kind of the basics and mm-hmm. the interesting thing is this was uh you know the release of this game is pretty cool oh yeah um so it's part of the orange box um we've already done an orange box game this year we did portal 2 um someday i'm sure we'll do half-life 2 uh we're not quite there but someday that'll probably happen did you do Um, a six skid yeah yeah somebody out there just (laughs) i'm I'm recording this on my manocycle um just just so you guys know i'm 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 scooting around i got my manco uh one wheeler (laughs) just jazzing around portland got my set of fucking bagpipes playing the star wars theme and then i'm gonna go shoot myself in the face <laughs> just um, don't look yeah just don't yeah, look just don't look, yep. just don't
1: look. <laughs> but we are um, uh yeah but we have no immediate plan to cover half-life 2 but this has kind of been an orange
0: box a year yeah the orange box is really important it is uh i think it still kind of stands as this weird gold value gold uh standard of value yeah uh it's the gold standard so whenever Rand Paul talks about getting us back on the gold standard, he wants every <laughs> game to have the same value as the orange box. Right.
1: Which is just unrealistic and impractical. I understand where that comes from. But yeah, well, yeah, yeah there are never externalities. Work. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, but the, then again, this is like held, this is held together, um, mm-hmm. you know, and been held together by this tremendous amount of kind of like rolling um support in a way that kind of like other valve stuff like aside from just dota hasn't so the orange box kind of marked this big last hurrah for valve it feels like mm-hmm. um you know be- before uh like portal 2 and uh like left for dead kind of finished out their development pipeline um before they really changed their model so like tf2 is this weird articulation point for like one of the biggest pc game developers in the world
0: yeah yeah and the way it's kind of uh, held true and kind of the thread in this development has been this uh, in-game storyline that is remarkably well-supported uh, throughout time where, and the game does not need this. No. You know, and I want to, like, underline that so much that, like, everything that we get that's story-related, the fact that it's as good as it is um, <laughs> and they put this much effort and care into it is such a bonus that yeah. fans of this game, like, I am fans of this game are very grateful, but I just have this feeling of, like, man we what do we do to deserve this like what what do we how have we earned this right it is
1: it is unanimously of good quality it doesn't get in the way of the of the play it feels like it is done to like back justify um you know just kind of like gameplay balance decisions or cool new things they wanted to do with classes or to justify these new these new kind of team modes and as weird as it sounds this is a transmedia property that works oh yeah
0: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> when I was doing research for the show and reading the comics, I grabbed my like physical hardcover book of Valve Comics <laughs> and read the Team Fortress Two comics in it. Oh wow! You know, it's like they they exist. Like I have an object that that <laughs> is that. And I would, just to, to get out of the way, um, I was really surprised by the amount of affection i grew for this kind of these this world and these characters yes
1: for characters whose names are soldier spy tinker yeah. taylor
0: yeah yeah tinker taylor spy the dad from american beauty <laughs> they're all here
1: <laughs> and they, the neighbors um, the neighbor's dad from american beauty oh there we go
0: yeah well not, not, i have a secret cut <laughs> where, where you get a get a job uh what did he do try to fuck his daughter's friend uh yes what a villain I, I haven't seen that movie in a long time <laughs> i forgot about that oh it's that movie about the sympathetic pedophile oh no not happiness it's, it's the other one <laughs> uh, just disambiguation no yeah <laughs> um, yeah um but yeah i i really like these guys oh yeah they're great like, it's it's what the world and the kind of lore this presents when we did a day of the tentacle we made a lot of looney tunes comparisons but this is like tom and jerry yeah like this is this is this is that old kind of cartoon violence perpetual struggle roadrunner kind of thing, done <laughs> to my mind like, you know, as funny as that as that game, yeah, you know, and funnier than the source material. Like this this they're legitimately like a lot of laugh out loud moments in the lore of this <laughs> yeah uh and so i
1: would encourage like all of it's free too like you don't need the yeah, big yeah. you don't need the big book of physical uh you know comics you can go onto the team Fortress website and actually like they have a little viewer and you like you press the space bar and it shows more art as it goes along it's like its own little uh, kind of like html five or four or whatever um uh, like, comicsology kind of thing. Yeah,
0: like, a guided, guided view comic thing. Yeah. Um, there are videos, too, that go into it. And we're going to talk about all that stuff, but we'll yeah. get into the, the mechanics first. It just, I think that <laughs> the reason why I'm focusing on that stuff, uh, one, because it's easy to feel like I have a grasp on, and two, it was the biggest surprise. Like, I, I had this vague <laughs> notion that this stuff was out there, but I didn't think it went further than the the meet the videos. Oh yeah, and, and finding out there was a lot there was really a pleasant surprise.
1: Yeah, I've wa- I've watched the meet the videos, um, and yeah, like oh, like all of that information kind of plays into like the characters' relationships with each other, and even down to how they play. Unlike mm-hmm. a minute to minute, like it kind of informs, you know, not, you know, it's probably not like for a newbie who's going to be, who's going to be apart from the, uh, the kind of the intricacies of it or unfamiliar with it. But like, it does reveal information about the game itself. It's not completely divorced from it. It's just oh, awesome yeah. that it doesn't get in the way.
0: Fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the classes are roughly divided into offense, defense, and support. Right. Um, there's a lot of blurred lines there, but that is the uh, that's the idea.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep. And uh, you've got these map objectives that kind of break down into you know just kind of capturing flags or capturing points, escorting these explosives. We're gonna get into all of that, but there's a lot of different stuff that you're going to do. This is a this is a game that has a tremendous amount of variety to it.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah, so that's uh, that's the context that you actually need to play. Right. Um, you know, it's a multiplayer team-based shooter. Um, we're going to get into the specifics of it mm-hmm. uh, right now. Yeah. Um, we're going to spend a lot of time on those different modes, as we mentioned, uh, and characters. But just know that this game does have some kind of really interesting generalities that are true of all that, mm-hmm. uh, that we also would be remiss if we ignored. Yeah. Um, so even
1: though this game came out in 2007, um, it was in development for an incredibly long time and it was kind of an early move that valve made, um, that would come to define them, which is (laughs) let's look at people who are really, really good at making mods or making their own individual stuff and hire them to just like give them this umbrella to do their thing. So team fortress, um, started out as this quake mod, right? For the original quake. Um, as just Team Fortress, and they're like, "Hey, come here and let's start making Team Fortress Two because we believe in what you guys are doing."
0: Well, before that happened, they they hired those people to make uh, a source port for it to make Team Fortress Classic, mm. and then Team Fortress Two came along. But the people who just made Team Fortress were brought on and given money just to make Classic.
1: Oh, I, I thought that. Uh, so, so the way that I the way that I saw it was that um uh, they were brought on to work on Team Fortress Two um and uh development started in 1998 um mm. and they actually ported team fortress to, to uh the uh half life engine with team fortress classic to like get people excited and hold over fans mm. specifically yeah, we're I... talking about robin Walk- walker and john cook that like sure. team fortress classic was kind of this weird little like byproduct slurry <laughs> mm. <laughs> that would, that was meant to like get people's boner stoked because like they showed team fortress 2 in 1999
0: They've shown a lot of Team Fortress 2, <laughs> yep. there are a lot of different versions. I'm not specifically sure about the, the chronology. I always thought that the, it was initially thing the initial thing they got hired for, and then the sequel hmm. came a little bit later, but I'm, I'm not totally sure. Yep. Um, but there's a lot of different versions of this. Um, initially, it was a modern kind of military shooter, yep. you know, similar to how Team Fortress Classic looks. And the biggest change in the proto version of Team Fortress 2 was that there was going to be a class uh, called either the Commander or uh, something like that, the overseer.
1: Yeah, something like that. Um, think like what you would get, like a commander role in like Battlefield Two.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like somebody who has has an over, you know, can strategize, who can uh, kind of give orders and see the entire battlefield. Um, the engineer was supposed to be able to set up cameras mm-hmm. that they could look through, which I think is a really cool kind of tactical yeah. idea. Um, <laughs> Even though I like what actually happened way better, but oh, yeah. that would have been neat. It was it was
1: really like the game that they started developing was a thing of its time, right? Like, oh, like what would happen if Team Fortress like took a turn toward being like a more technical tribes game? You know, sure. like COM Towers and stuff like that.
0: Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. And and uh So it went through these these kind of changes. Um, I think then the leader class was supposed to just provide buffs. Mm -hmm. Uh, But then they realized that no player really wants to take orders from another player. Right. Um, And that is when the the current Team Fortress 2 kind of started coming into its own.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And uh, boy, was that a good decision. Um, The Mm. amount of realism that they were putting into it. I remember, you know, I I loved Team Fortress Classic, and I remember reading the coverage of it and hearing, like, wait, we have such an emphasis on realism that if you stand behind a soldier when he fires his rocket, um, the exhaust will do damage to you.
0: Yeah. (laughs) It's like, what purpose does that serve? The purpose that serves is to be in a Metal Gear game. Right. Like, that's what Metal Gear does. (laughs) Um, That's not fun with multiple people or in in games that, like, were you anything with, like, Respawn? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> needs, to, needs to have this and the um so i've heard a couple of different stories about the kind of development of this art style this norman rockwell kind of early americana thing and um, one of the stories and we'll, we'll get into that in, in kind of grander detail in a moment but one of the stories about the reasoning behind that i heard was that creating a place where the crazy like the the bonkers things that happen in the game already mm-hmm. can happen
1: right so, so making to, to, a cartoon to, universe yes to 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 make it so that you don't actually have to explain around it or mm. that it won't look out of place, right? Yeah, which is which is a wonderful <laughs> choice because it puts the play first, and it puts like, hey, can, you know, can we have people do really cool stuff first? Mm. Yeah. Um. So I, I I kind of have this this feeling about this, and I have it in the notes here, but I want to make sure that it that that it gets out, which is like oftentimes I kind of get stuck thinking about game design as art, and it totally is. But like when you look at something that kind of exists this long and is this iterative. Um, you know that it's had this development history like this is game design as engineering and that's revealed by looking at the commentary um, by kind of reading these stories and the uh, about these small little tweaks that they made and kind of like on the fly you know decisions that they made to solve problems and just make everything as fun as possible um, mm-hmm. and to make sure that it works and has a good experience there's a tremendous amount of thought that's been put into all this that makes it feel like workmanlike but in the most positive way
0: i can say workmanlike it, it's the uh, platonic ideal of polish right you know so it's it's polish uh <laughs> which is something that like i will use as a derivative term as kind of like a soulless thing because it is oftentimes placed into a game when something more fundamental is ignored mm-hmm. i feel like this is taking that those kind of elements of uh fundamental kind of gameplay and building up into into polish it's polishing mm-hmm. the the base game that all and this is a real like object lesson for how that can be uh fantastic, even just aesthetically, or with those little details, because it all trickles out. There are all these little fun, great side effects <laughs> to this stuff that kind of came through that follow. I mean, not really a side effect. It's they're, you know, they solve one problem, but they can solve kind of one problem with multiple problems with one decision. Yeah. I guess. And it kind of trickles down into this this more detailed mm-hmm. experience.
1: Yeah. It just uh Everything kind of has hooks into everything else. And I want to, I'm going to say integrated or holistic or something like that. And I don't mean for it to sound like a buzzword, even though it totally is, but like it, it's, it's very incredibly considered, it mm. feels like, you know?
0: Yeah. And if they make a mistake, they can just patch it out. Again, that is a feature of the media. Yeah, it's an evolving, <laughs> evolving game. Yeah.
1: yeah. Um, so about this art, uh, about this art style, um, there are, you know, several different artists that they, that they kind of evoke in doing this, but, uh, it's kind of this turn of the century kind of propaganda art that has a little bit of this, um, uh, I'm about to say Jackson Pollock and that's not right. Who would you just say? Norman Rockwell. Norman there we Rockwell. go. Yeah. Um <laughs> Jackson Pollock would be a very different game. That's
0: that's a Portal 2. <laughs> that's the, the Indian version. version. Yep. Tag the Power of Paint. Yep. Uh-huh. <laughs> um,
1: and then Tron Lightcycle game is Mondrian, The Power yeah. of Squares. Um <laughs> But, um, uh, and then they kind of applied that over top of this, uh, kind of fifties super spy aesthetic, which is, uh, really most apparent in the, in the music and the comics, but it's yeah. even there in like the, the crazy unrealistic tech and like the, the chrome in the, uh, uh, in the spaces around you, like
0: on the maps. I think it's, it's a really cool example of like the transformative nature of, uh, interaction in that that's an aesthetic I don't like. Um, <laughs> I don't like Norman Rockwell. I think right. it's trash. Um, it's boring. It's dentist office art. <laughs> um, but like the novelty of moving that stuff around, playing it, and having it be this absurd adds to comedy. Right. Like it's not taken seriously. There's no dignity <laughs> uh, in any aspect of this game. No. <laughs> you know, and that's like, it's got that. You know, it's the the Simpsons thing. Like the schlub's got to have dignity to <laughs> to make him. You know, like it's it's there's a little there's like faux dignity. There's comedy dignity, mm-hmm. but there's nothing like nobody's gonna be sad about anything that happens because it's, it's like a really good way to sidestep this violence Um, and having, and it's like, okay, well, if we have these characters, they're going to get blown up. That's video games. What if they look like these, you know, classic American archetypes, like the soldier looks like he stepped off of a, you know, by war bonds poster. Like that, that is an American hero. Yep. And what if we make him the most deranged psychopath in, in a game that has like the pyro in it, right? You know, and then, and then make it just, comical to have him explode you know it is uh it's used for comedy right like this art style is adds to that
1: Mm -hmm. yeah and uh like even with that uh with that kind of like 50s super spy cold war kind of thing i guess this game's supposed to take place in like 1972 has a real uh kind of like punch out um relationship to national stereotypes
0: yes (laughs) it's a little bit more uh loving than that yeah i think though It, it does have and you know, I I don't usually go in for the like, uh, it's OK because they make everybody bad mm-hmm. uh, thing. I don't I don't generally like that. Right. But these are so absurd. Mm-hmm. Um, it gets the same pass that Punch Out does. Yeah. To me, where it's like, <laughs> nobody's going to feel like this is, you know, racist against Australians. <laughs> you know, like the idea that they like elect their president by boxing a kangaroo and they're all super <laughs> strong, you know, man men uh, is just so is just so uh, absurd. Right, that I don't think it's going to actually, mm-hmm. you know, touch any triggers. Yeah,
1: um, they achieved a lot of this effect with shaders, and you can learn so much more um, uh, by watching the commentary and like they actually turn them on and turn them off. Like the mm-hmm. the commentary in this, just man, I, I wish more games had that. That's like
0: oh uh, God. God, do I like God do I miss Valve? Yep. Like, do you remember when Valve used to make games? Yep. They were like the best at it, and then they decided, nope. <laughs> Um we're just gonna make dota Two, which I just found out in like doing research for this, is not funny, yep well, why would you do that like why like that's that's your thing, yeah, League of Legends that's, is the funny one, yeah, how did that happen like <laughs> you like why is valve making a not funny competitive game
1: <laughs> yeah, um, but the overall effect of this you know when you see it moving um in three d is uh you know it's 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 like it 's like a Pixar movie. Um, in a lot mm-hmm. of ways, like it looks like The Incredibles, um, which is, which is, I mean, you know, you can say what you want about those movies, but visually, they are very pretty. And to see this happening in real time, you know, again, just they put the resources and they made a choice of what they could make look good in motion. Um, that has gameplay effects as well. Um, there's mm-hmm. a phrase that's used in the, in the commentary, deliberately artificial, mm-hmm. that uh, that really I think kind of like sums sums this whole thing up.
0: It, it's such a good zag to uh. Kind of video games and current generation video games uh overall where like we've talked about the asinine race for photorealism mm-hmm. and how that's a misguided yeah quest um stop doing that <laughs> but- I, I will i will take like a stylistically i will take this 100 times out of 100 over something that looks like a person
1: yeah Uh, like let's let's place this in context right 2007 it's you know two years after the uh after the Xbox 360 came out you know the lol we have a lot of brown going on zelda um zagged from uh from wind waker to twilight princess like everything was headed in the other direction and maybe Mm -hmm. not
0: everything but understand my point (laughs) so yeah It, it, it was a general trend right you know and the uh what games are the games that people still hold up as looking great despite their generation, Mm -hmm. you know, like it's things. And even bringing it up, like, uh, you know, I don't think it's particularly appealing, but that's one of the things we talked about in the Warcraft three episode Mm -hmm. is that they went for the stylized look in order to achieve timelessness. Yeah. The way you achieve timelessness is by avoiding photorealism. (laughs) Like it's really, really simple. Mm -hmm. And it's a hundred percent true. Like there's not an example of that, that like, isn't. Yeah. It's uh, like, it feels like
1: they made a choice besides more
0: yeah yeah more or just how realistic can we make this yeah don't you want to feel like you're stepping into the real world like no Mm -hmm. nope (laughs) i would much rather play like a cartoon or play something like beautifully stylized like Mm -hmm. an akami or a shadow of the colossus or something where everything is kind of exaggerated Mm -hmm. um even uh, like the models in bioshock something like that where everything's a little dishonored something's a little bit yeah yeah, a little bit exaggerated um is just so much more appealing to me (laughs) i cannot emphasize how much i like that more
1: yeah and that is a very you know subjective stance right however there is you know like it's it's hard to say you you know if you want to take it like like another example of this like this is an incredibly scalable game like they made so many decisions about making this look good and run good on any machine at the time and that has continued to this day um Mm -hmm. and it's updated like source engine has gotten better um you know if you want to take that that other example um wow very similar thing they designed it to be scalable they designed it to be like this universal kind of thing and that has gotten better and prettier as well it's not like we're just looking at this the same way that it looked when it came out it's gotten better but like it ages gracefully and it's easier to just like make saying once you solve these problems
0: and make these hard decisions Mm -hmm. it still looks really good yeah you know is the thing like it's and even in you know 2007 like looking at review uh, screenshots and the like mm-hmm. it still looked good then too Yeah, like this this kind of like big primary blocky uh kind of uh shapes and, and buildings and everything interiors look good right um so very 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 cool we we talked a, talked a little bit about how that was intentional to make a world where rocket jumps uh could exist <laughs> yep. um you know or just what you know grenade jumping all these kind of things mm-hmm. like the need to exist they needed to make a cartoon to make cartoons exist uh, within it
1: yeah a, a ghostbusters gun that heals people yeah yes
0: Yeah. Um, The fiction here, um, we're going to go into more of that uh, later, but just kind of the baseline is that there are two brothers um, who have both been willed this kind of section of land. Um, They each set up their own company, and they have hired mercenaries to destroy each other uh, in order to gain this this land. Right. In order to gain control. (laughs) Yeah. And this inheritance. And it gets much more complicated
1: from there um you know like like the the the, they are both you know the man brothers but there's an australian uh named uh uh, what's his name saxton hale who runs the company and most of the money goes through to this overseer named helen who looks like a helen um yeah (laughs) you know all of this like it gets incredibly labyrinthine pretty quick
0: yes yeah Yeah. so the the uh, red men and blue tark. Are these Mm -hmm. two guys? Um, But we don't need to know that again. We just need to know that they're red and blue, Um, (laughs) you know, chosen colors that are very uh, super high contrast, which is great. Mm -hmm. Um, The red bases have these warm colors and kind of natural materials, and the blue bases. Or cool colors and a little bit more industrial.
1: <laughs> and what's fantastic um, about it is it's not like there is like a fence up that says, Hey, here's red and here's blue. On a lot of the maps where you're going to be moving from one to the other, it's a little bit like Disneyland, where like, you know, sure. yeah, where you know, pirate land melds seamlessly into spaceland, but like both of them still give you a, a really, really good idea
0: of where you're at and what, like which direction you're headed. Um, and it's subtle, it's really mm-hmm. subtle. Yeah. Um, the, one of the coolest things about this art style that I really appreciate is how easy it is to pick out, uh, a class by silhouette. Yes. Um, that's hugely important. Mm -hmm. Um, and you can instantly do that. You know, which Pokemon is this, uh, thing for all of (laughs) these guys from above. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's Jigglypuff from above. Um, You can do that for all these. Right. Like, instantly. Yeah. And that was, like,
1: that was the design priority. Okay, which team are they on? Um, uh, What class are they? By the silhouette. And then actually, like, gradients of color and highlights and stuff like that, like, draw your eye to the weapon so you can see, Mm -hmm. like, what they're attacking with so you can know how to react. So, like, this is a really, really readable game. And that would be undermined somewhat by kind of the explosion of the weapon count and kind of this addition of hats and cosmetic items. You know, there is kind of a camp that says, hey, there was this, plat- this platonic ideal when it was kind of like simpler and there were fewer moving parts. It was easier to kind of like read a situation. Um, mm-hmm. But that is just one of the ways that it has kind of changed over time. Um, and you can differ about whether or not that kind of readability is still there um, in broad strokes.
0: I, th- I think it's still it's still there. Like yeah. every, even just like posture, like mm-hmm. it, it's part of the character, yeah. right? So the weapon, you know, can look different, but like posture and size is so different. Even <laughs> characters that are relatively the same size, you know, the the sniper and the spy stand in entirely different ways, yeah, and have entirely different walk cycles mm-hmm. and just look very different, yeah. Uh, you know, so even if they're roughly the same size, person, yeah. The animations
1: tell you tell you too, like what they're compensating for, um, kind of the confidence of which they move,
0: like all of that. Kind of like just, mm-hmm. uh, just yeah, again, just gives you that situational awareness. Can you um, refresh my memory? What was we covered a game uh, on here recently where we talked? Oh, I mean, it was we were. I was actually talking about Slack and talking about bloodborne bosses. <laughs> we were talking about silhouettes, yeah, being yeah. readable mm-hmm. um, and how important that is. That's a big deal. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a really big deal. Like you have to be able to read something at a glance if you're going to be expected to make a split second decision.
1: Right. Yep, and this is a pretty fast game, although we'll get to why it doesn't have to be. Um or why yes. that, you know, like your your lack lack or presence of skill and that doesn't doesn't matter so much at, you know, kind of like 80% of the levels of play.
0: It's it's pretty uh, it's pretty approachable. It's also slower than a lot of multiplayer shooters like this. It's a um it's, you know, it's somewhere between uh, Counter-Strike where like you walk in and get shot in the head and then wait <laughs> a long time, yeah. you know, for the match to end and my understanding of Overwatch, which is that it's much quicker. And there's much less downtime. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. Um, And the players uh, or the character's character uh, comes through in uh, their voice as well. Um, Each character, Mm -hmm. you know, has a different voice actor and they have their own accents and their own kind of like attitude. And they took this kind of scripting system, these response rules from Half-Life 2, and they kind of worked this in to where the character's barks you know kind of like saying okay well i'm reloading here or i need some healing or something like that are actually chosen by scripted logic so they're you know all of this patter and the animations and taunts and stuff like that are kind of determined by are you on a roll killing people is your health above or below a certain point so there's no repetition like you don't have just you been get... killing the same
0: class over <laughs> right. and over or right. being killed by the same class yeah um, it's real weird when they first implemented that because everyone, no matter what happened, would go Gordon Freeman. Uh, <laughs> and It made no sense. Like that was what they, you know, re- when you reload, <laughs> Gordon Freeman. I want that mod, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Gordon Freeman.
1: Um, did, did we in the Half Life episode? Did we talk about the mod that was uh, nothing but mouth sounds? I'm not talking I, about I the Neil um <laughs> But it was a it was a Half Life Two mod where they uh, where where they replace like the guns like, with.
0: Oh, we did. I thought you were talking about there was a like a some 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 some, uh, one, but I think we did talk about that Half-Life one mod. That's Um. really great.
1: So i've kind of I've laid out uh some kind of uh, what I've called important play considerations and difficult problems that were solved well um so we can kind of uh if, if, if we want to take a take a quick pass over these um so this is a game that has a a, a wide you know just a just a just a huge variety. Of, uh, of things you can do. You have nine different character classes with any number of different weapons, abilities, loadouts, um, and you have to share the same space, right? You have to have a role that you play, um, and all this has to be kind of catered to um, by the level design. So it's kind of ridiculous to imagine, not just Valve, but even the community people who have made maps that have kind of become part of the canon. Um, it's really hard to imagine the amount of decisions that had to be made to you know, accommodate that and make everybody feel useful.
0: Mm-hmm. yeah yeah and there's there's so many of these that it doesn't feel like uh it's exactly balanced right. the way you know a magic card set might be or like a dota set uh <laughs> might be like that's not really the problem uh or the uh the, the way that they took it's more that the game feels uh like no matter which one of these things you're choosing there is a way to feel effective mm-hmm. um so this uh these specific loadouts or kind of builds that you make for your character or team compositions there is a way there is a counter there's a strategy that works and a counter for it mm-hmm. um, which is balance but it's not like the kind of fine-tuned balance where <laughs> you know we talk a lot on the show about uh the dissatisfaction that comes with a perfectly even difficulty curve right you know difficulty curve should be stairs not straight lines right um you know because otherwise there's no feeling of empowerment and there's no feeling of challenge that comes with those uh those kind of highs and lows um this has a lot of that right you know, so there's uh, the skill ceiling and the skill floor uh, will kind of raise and lower depending on what you're doing and your uh, your ability to take advantage of that. Right.
1: And, you know, this doesn't just accommodate different levels of skill, even accommodates um, uh, your, your preferences, you know, what you want to do, the way that you want to kind of like slot in. There's going to be a place for you to fit into a yes. team or into a role. Um, and, you know, it feels like the game is doing a lot to communicate to you um you know where you should probably be right
0: yeah 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 it is it is very easy to to jump in these characters not only do they uh fulfill very distinct roles on the team they also function as a difficulty selector right um you know how how much work what what do you want to have that be that minimum skill skill floor and -hmm. the maximum skill ceiling yeah for this so you know ranging from like (laughs) heavy you know medic or heavy to spy right you know which is uh and i spoiler like i never (laughs) <laughs> figured out spy like i'm a really bad spy i i um, the only
1: thing that i'm worse at than spy is a sniper um, sniper is really hard for me know, too sniper is is uh, is it feels like it's purely skill spy i felt like i got lucky <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah um, uh so with all these choices they actually did a lot to kind of like make that big possibility of space feel small Right. You know, Mm -hmm. there is going to be a place for you. Um, You know, there's going to be a way for you to turn whatever level of input you can, you know, put into the game um, into output for your team. Um, And that team nature of this, you know, it's in the title, but it cannot be underlined enough. There's this awesome mix of co-op and competitive play. If this was just like going in for KDR ratios, I would be so much less interested in it. And I feel like this would be like more of a flash in the pan than it actually is.
0: Well, I mean it could it could still stick around like it would be oh, yeah. like Quake 3 Arena or something yeah, like that like yeah. there's a there's a market for those games and they stick around they're really well loved it's not interesting to me right um the kdr ratio is not is the thing that keeps you away from online shooters yes you know um and this the fact that it recognizes uh ways that you help out that are not directly related to upping your kill count um really underlines that kind of that priority so like you get mechanical points. Like you get recognized and points for doing every role on the team, mm-hmm. not just racking up a body count.
1: Right. Yeah. And, you know, uh, your classes, your items, all of these decisions that they made with the, with the, uh, interface kind of emphasize these relationships with the characters. You have different classes that play well with each other and then different classes that kind of trump each other and act as counters, as we said. Um, and, so figuring out where you slotted that is really important.
0: And a lot of that stuff came about, Kind of through play, and then Valve responded to it and canonized it. Right. So there will be things like, um, people learned really early on that pyros to pair up really well with engineers because they can spy check really easily. Mm-hmm. So, you know, an effective engineer might have a pyro that just hangs around. Yeah. And then they added in items that gave the pyro an ability to further protect turrets. Right. You know, they recognize the ability mechanically after it comes out kind of through play, mm-hmm. you know. Um so it's this that's again that advantage to an evolving system as opposed to a static one.
1: Right. They 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 can reinforce those relationships and then even introduce something that tempts people away from complacency. Yeah.
0: You know. And and I you know, I don't know if you know, like I have a lot of faith in these designers. Mm-hmm. It doesn't really matter how much of that was on their side that they determined. It's a credit to them that they're paying attention to it coming <laughs> about naturally too. Oh, for sure. You know, so yeah. even if they didn't uh, they didn't sit out to be like, you know what, Pyro's and NGs good combo <laughs> if they just saw that players were doing that paid attention and then reinforced it within the rules of the game uh that's gravy you know yeah. that's good mm-hmm. that's, that's 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 good yeah. shit. <laughs> the end result
1: you know? is still you know it's still the same like it's still yeah. a really good thing for like just this organic thing that kind of just grows toward the light of fun you know mm. yeah <laughs> and uh, uh man i love the nemesis system and the revenge Mm -hmm. and domination, like, all of that. Like, it keeps track of who you kill. It's not just, you know, kill streaks, but, like, it will show you if somebody is just dunking on you over and over again. Like, you don't just have these relationships, you know, with people on your team. You might actually say, like, okay, well, that medic is just trouncing me, so I need to make it a point to try and either avoid them or uh, just, you know, focus on my blind need for revenge.
0: Well, the nice thing about that, too, is that it's uh, useful game information. It's not just... Uh, you know bragging points or whatever right like it feels fun to get revenge like revenge is fun reve- revenge solves everything and it, it it becomes fun to have like a nemesis it's fun to dominate somebody but also if the game is saying hey the spy keeps killing you that's <laughs> really useful information for players who are not paying attention maybe, maybe to change the tactics yeah you know start yeah. shooting everyone <laughs> you know start chest bumping everyone look yeah. behind you sometimes mm-hmm
1: yeah. And uh, all of this is kind of underpinned by this stat tracking system, which is uh, not showing you like global, you know, you, showing you a global year ranked, you know, 75th thousand or something, but actually focuses on your personal best. Like something that Valve does really, really well is kind of just keep metrics on everything that everybody does.
0: This is actually hilariously condescending, I think. <laughs> um, like, yeah. it's very really funny because I don't care. But if I did care, I could see this being a misstep, actually, where oh, like. Wow. Because you'll get like something, you know. You'll try out a new class. You'll get one kill, and then you'll get a message that says, um, "You you have uh, you almost beat your previous best." And then two, and then the number that you got was one. <laughs> yep. You know, or something like that. Like it's, I feel like this is a little like could be taken the wrong way. Mm. It's a little bit just too much presenting numbers. Mm. Um, like I never felt like this was encouraging, right, to me. Um, but it, because I don't care it didn't bother me. Yeah. I think that if you did if you were somebody who was sensitive because people and um, we talked about this in the the Rhythm Heaven episode like people have different amounts of sensitivity to a game making fun of them for doing poorly. Right. Um I personally it doesn't bother me. Yeah, um, like
1: this in particular I thought was I thought it was funny.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's 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 funny. Like it's it's funny it's it's a little condescending but I can see it also being a thing for people. Yeah. Like people who get mad that Metal Gear Solid 5 offers you the chicken hat or Rhythm Heaven most of the things you're going to get just okay. Yeah. Or, you know, it's never going to congratulate you for winning. Um, I'm fine with that. I can imagine the user if it's not.
1: Yeah. 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 Um, But this kind of plays into play as well because these stats kind of feed into achievements that uh, kind of, you know, they they steer you toward these, um, you know, kind of class behaviors by, you know, showing you your progress toward um, some kind of goal for rocket jumps or for, you know, killing a certain number of, of another class that like a class is supposed to be a counter for, et cetera, and down the line.
0: Yeah, yeah, I mean, this is something... To, and I love this game. I'm not trying to just say something negative about everything that you're saying that's positive, but a lot of these, some of that is muddied up. Because mm-hmm. if you look at the achievement list for any of these things, so many of them are just rare, weird situations that have mm-hmm. funny names. They're not steering you towards anything. You know, there's a lot of, like, just... Uh, like, there are things you want to do anyway. You're never getting an achievement for doing something you don't want to do. But they're not things that speak to that class. Mm-hmm. So there'll be things like... um you know, kill a medic right before he goes on to uber which you obviously want to do but then they'll be like kill one right afterwards which <laughs> you're still just shooting rockets right. it's just keeping track of a thing that is in the game right it doesn't feel like guided uh play to me yeah i think it's more just like and they have like goofy names mm-hmm. you know and i think that's those are more just humor than than actually you know game design through achievement design hmm. in this case yeah um there are some that I think are, you know, actually do play into those class considerations. Yeah, and those usually ones, like, that that are usually the
1: ones that are like the longer, well, you know, the ones that take a, t- take a longer time, like a like a, a high ceiling goal that you are going to be aiming for. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. And, and usually those are also just like not edge cases. Right. You know, so it's the kind of thing that you're supposed to do anyway. Like I can see it being like, oh, we have to have achievements for this. Like, let's do something with them. Mm-hmm. It doesn't feel to me like they've done enough to design it. Otherwise with these other things, it doesn't Mm -hmm. feel to me like it adds that much to that. Yeah. Um, but it doesn't detract either. It's, it's fine. Mm -hmm. Um, it's fun to get a little thing that pops up that tells me a thing. Yeah. Um, in, in this kind of a game where I'm getting that kind of visual information overload anyway.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, and the and the last one here that I want to draw some attention to is some things that that really I didn't notice during play, but like in listening to the uh, the commentary, uh, kind of came to light, which are things that they've done to kind of make stalemates, uh, kind of just a thing that doesn't happen in the majority mm-hmm. of game modes, uh, that you're going to be going after because tie games suck, and they mm-hmm. know that, um, and they especially saw that like, man, if you ever played Team Fortress Classic, you would just get into situations where nothing. Would move because of grenades, because of just kind of classes that were a little bit, a uh, little bit too uh, hand in glove. Like the gears fit just a little bit too close together. Like you know, when that stops rounds from ending, or when you know a single match, like you know, I would play clan matches that would go two hours, and that mm-hmm. is that's not right.
0: <laughs> no, that that's, that's pretty frustrating. Yeah, um, yeah. So that, that that's a that's a real good thing. They've done a lot of little subtle things to stop that from happening. Mm -hmm. Um, so, uh, the teams that are winning, get these kind of faster respawn points and Mm -hmm. closer spawn points. Yeah. Um, so they can kind of accelerate with those early victories. Um, same thing goes with critical hits. So if you're doing really, really well, you're more likely to get, get those if you're on a hot streak. Yes um and this could create like this rich get richer kind of thing like that's
1: a problem that i have with uh counter strike where just mm-hmm. if you win a round if you get lucky um you just have access to all the resources that you need to get better weapons
0: counter strike is i hate counter strike <laughs> like i hate that game <laughs> yeah. i i can't think of a game that is that popular and well thought of that i would have less fun playing right you know, I'm like Madden 16 or something like that. But, like, I I do not want to, like, at any given time, that sounds like a really bad time to me. Yeah,
1: but at least Madden 16 can be a really cool, uh, like, RPG.
0: Oh, sure. Like, yeah, yeah, at least I'm playing by myself. Yeah. You know, I don't have to have, like, people, you know, muffling, like, distorted microphones yelling at me. Yeah, yeah. About shit.
1: Yeah, I played, uh, I mostly played a lot of uh, CS
0: 1.6.
1: Mm. You know, just back Back in like high school and middle school, when when one would do that, uh, but yeah, it is uh, it is it is very much opposed to this. I'm sure that there is probably some kind of article um, that would point out the differences, but they're so obvious <laughs> that I don't yeah, know it, if it it's, would. Yeah, it's
0: it's about yeah, it's about a greater emphasis on kind of skill and mastery, yeah, and stuff. But that, that there's some part of that feels hostile, yeah, to me. Like it's an inherently hostile kind of product where mm-hmm. like teamwork is important, but it doesn't uh i would much rather have something as silly and trivial as games like mm-hmm. i love games games are important but have <laughs> something that occupies the space of video games be more welcoming
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know and friendlier than than not
1: yeah or the, that just encourages growth within it you know it doesn't it yeah. doesn't keep you out there has to be a not. way
0: to play like to get better at it <laughs> right which like every time i've tried to play counter-strike i felt like there is not a way to get better at it right you know, that's not really a possibility. You either start at the beginning or you're fucked. <laughs> uh, and that's the worst thing that an online shooter can do is that, like, I feel like there's this window where you can get in. And if you don't get in during that time, well, mm-hmm. that's just it for you. Yeah. You know, and and you can see it even in design. Like, modern popular shooters take a lot of pains to make that not the case. Right. You know, they try to get around that. Yeah, they, uh, that they refresh PLA. it.
1: They give a lot of like stuff at the at the beginning. They try and incentivize people getting in or speeding up to like a like a an avatar skill level that mm-hmm. will kind of offset that.
0: And also, uh, matchmaking mm-hmm. uh, has gotten a lot more robust. Like to try to like ways to track your skill and try to pair you against people who are also starting out.
1: Yeah,
0: um, which is it, it reminds me of when we did fighting games. Like fighting games are only really fun if you're playing against somebody at the same skill level. Right. If you're playing as somebody who has mastered it or playing as somebody who has never played it before, it's not fun. Right. Um, And that's something that, like, fighting games, uh, you know, since I haven't played a lot of them online, I haven't kept up with how they keep track of that. Mm -hmm. But it's hugely important.
1: Yeah. Um, Yeah. I, I would imagine the principle would still hold. But this rich get richer kind of thing that that sounds like it could be a bummer. But like in I mean, once I got kind of attuned to this and figured it out, like, oh, early gains just kind of speed up into bigger successes and actually speeds the time to where things will get even again. And you can re- you can regroup and rally like mm-hmm. keeping the keeping the matches quick and kind of breaking up the pace of play into these kind of fits and starts. It does such a good job at kind of keeping your morale up.
0: Yeah. Yeah. yeah it keeps the pace up. Which is good. And you can make a comeback, like just because the rich get rich, Richard does not oh, mean yeah. there's not room for a comeback because the cla- you know, you can switch classes on the fly. Mm-hmm. You can try new strategies. Um, so whatever the strategy was that the opposing team used to get rich uh, in this uh, uh, analogy, um, <laughs> you can figure out the anti-rich mm-hmm. like you can Bernie Sanders them, <laughs> uh, them Richie Rich and turn them into a cast for the friendly ghost. <laughs> uh, no problem um the snail mates were a, b- a bigger problem in team fortress classic which i still have a lot of love for but oh, one of the reasons is because of grenades um every class had a different grenade oh yeah um and they i li- the thing i liked was how they kind of spoke to a different like loadout, made the classes feel really different mm-hmm. um but it meant that every class had like four demo man <laughs> uh uses yeah uh, which made them uh made it very Emphasize defense. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone yeah. could make a hallway impassable. Right, a few times around. Yeah. Um, so if you were turtling, you could turtle forever. Um, in high level of Team Fortress 2 play, turtling is also still a huge thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I've like looked at some, you know, read some things and watched a couple of videos and like nest of engineers and stuff. Like turtling is still a big thing. Yeah. Um, here, but it's slightly ameliorated. Right. Um, we didn't experience it very much, but mostly because we during none of the time <laughs> we played did we give a shit about strategy. Like it was a lot of just. You know, talking about our lives and mm-hmm. playing a game at yeah. the same time it was fantastically fun, but I don't think anything we did approached high-level Team Fortress Two play, no. which is still a little bit stilted and everything. And my understanding is that's something that uh, successors of this or new, you know, shooters like Overwatch spend it does a better job of eliminating. Yeah, you're not going to have this kind of uh, two two forts full of engineers, mm-hmm. you know, kind of thing that uh, happens in play now. <laughs>
1: So there are several different game modes, like we talked about, and these are all kind of pinned to different maps. There are some maps that have uh, multiple game modes in them, but um, I think that we should go through these different modes and kind of talk about them and talk about kind of the shape of play. And then here in the notes, I've kind of called out the ones that I had have experience with. Um, and Gary, if mm-hmm. you want to add your, your yours in as well, um, that is something as well. And I've also put links to them so we can look at the maps while we talk about them.
0: There was a, there was. We played on a server that had kind of set maps, mm-hmm. so a lot of these were the same ones I played. Yes, as well. It's also um, something that I found is that I would find myself uh, knowing the maps is hugely important. So for our purposes, um, I didn't get a good handle on very many of these maps. Right. Um, there are a couple of them that I did, but it is something where that development, that nine years of development, does make it a little <laughs> bit harder for a newbie. Yeah. To get in because uh, specifically for engineer like turret placement and spies um i would feel it um i would play in in a level a couple of times i kind of had an idea of it but i would still get kind of kind of dunked on because of those two things yeah those two classes
1: yeah um ambush points specifically like pyros um i think oh, they sure. <laughs> just ended up yeah. ended up just rolling all over me because of the ambush you know just I, I, I wasn't sure which angles to cover you know yeah. when i when i breached into into a room
0: my my point being that i don't really know any of these maps like <laughs> right. i know them i can look at look at them and be like oh it's that place yeah you know but i don't uh, i don't actually feel like i have good knowledge of any of these maps mm-hmm. um with you know my not inconsiderable amount of time with mm-hmm. it like it wasn't like i played forever but i played for a decent amount and still didn't quite get that so yeah. it, that's just another way of saying there's a lot of depth here that yeah uh, if you want to dive in you have to really dive in yeah
1: and this game shipped with six maps and i got to know those pretty well but uh, in the meantime in the intervening 8 years um, they added forty four more. <laughs> yeah.
0: Forty four. So um so game modes, uh capture the flag. Yes. Uh is an age old thing. It's the like the second mode in shooters after deathmatch. Right. That showed up um it's exactly what it sounds like except instead of a flag you're getting briefcases full of intelligence
1: <laughs> i love the uh the particle
0: effect that like that, uh, that, that comes off of you they're spilling papers because you don't actually again these are just people playing pretend it's gi <laughs> joe like there's no there's no actual stakes to this <laughs> right um
1: it's you know it's it's, it's uh, this false war well, but those uh the, the, that trail of papers actually uh, it lets you track people if you're uh, if you're kind of like uh, close behind them too
0: yeah yeah. yeah, it's it's actually useful and it it kind of plays into the storytelling. <laughs> um this this is real pretty like pretty classic. This was in Team Fortress Classic. Yeah. Uh and Team Fortress. And mm-hmm. uh, there are a couple of uh stages that are associated with this. Um 2Fort is the classic Team Fortress stage. Um it's the name of the town in <laughs> two, the fiction. 2Fort yeah, it's two fort. Um, so two fort is the uh, two forts just kind of facing each other. The symbol for this perpetual war between these two things, these <laughs> yep. two uh,
1: teams. It's just these two like industrial farm buildings that hide these like secret doomsday uh, bases mm-hmm. beneath them. Um, you know, <laughs> it's it's fun when you take a, when you take the time to notice them. However, like I, I, I sit down in two fort and then I immediately just think, okay, yes, I know this from just
0: hours and hours
1: and hours of uh, Team Fortress Classic.
0: It always feels like there's one extra layer of two fort mm-hmm. than than I I want there to be. Yeah. Like you start leaving your base, and if you take um, you know, not the most direct route, you go through and like another little kind of interstitial, like the side yard mm-hmm. that's there. That always feels a little bit uh, uh superfluous. Yeah. To me, but this is the one you know because of Team Fortress Classic. This is the map I know the best. Yes.
1: Um, yeah. yeah, they made some good changes to it. Um, uh, adding the, uh, adding the, uh, kind of like covered bridge to the center of it actually oh, yeah. does a, does a great deal to keep snipers just shooting at each other or kind of like focusing on the doors as opposed to just making the, uh, the, the middle, like this killing floor.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And they've added some cover to the snipers nests. Yes. Up top and more ways to get up there. Mm hmm. Um, because back in the classic day like that was you know you conk jump up there like that's how you get up there and now it's a little bit more
1: uh yeah. bit more nuanced yeah, you can be a scout and you can run across the roof of the bridge and uh do yeah. a double jump or you could always like uh you could always um you know rocket jump up there but like mm-hmm. it, there there, there is a way to get up there uh, without those special grenades um they also got rid of that elevator <laughs> that, that uh led away from the uh one of the side entrances to the flag oh yeah uh, which is good uh, now that's just a staircase
0: um, well is another one that yeah. is a classic, uh, and I like well a lot. Yes, um, well is really cool. It introduces <laughs> environmental hazards. Yeah,
1: I love this um, because yeah. I almost always forget that it's there,
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. and it's really satisfying to be like in a firefight with somebody and have them not see the train but you see it. <laughs>
2: That's really fun,
0: and you get you know, we, in a, I don't know how much of this is conscious, you know, because it's real split second. But if you can kind of maneuver them to stay on the tracks um that's really really fun it's such a it's such a tom and jerry thing oh yeah 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 there's, there's not like you know and then they just come back because it's mm-hmm. again it's cartoon logic yeah so
1: <laughs> i'm just imagining imagining a uh, like a like permadeath mm-hmm. uh, so like, you, you lose whatever weapons you had equipped that'd be that's terrible one
0: of the things that happens you don't lose your weapons they have equipped but that's one of the ways that steel makes it are broken is that over time uh, mechanic where uh when they go into overtime if a match is really close we should have mentioned this uh last section but yes um they stop respawns yeah so uh the game continues but people don't come back and then it becomes this like really really high stakes <laughs> who can do better with one life uh, thing <laughs> which is really interesting because it even comes down to classes like there are classes that are no one is disposable you should always try not to die in this game but there mm-hmm. are classes that are more disposable than others right you know so like in that mode, the person who loses their medic first is probably going to lose right. the overtime. <laughs> and
1: it's funny to just like immediately see the priority list shift around and to see yeah. everybody like immediately get more conservative. Yes, and even on our casual ass server, like the overtime wins that would end up happening, um, you know, double overtime stuff like that. Um, just like <laughs> the amount of just the amount of whoos that were um, let out, yeah. like that. You know, again that fist pump moment. Mm -hmm. so good um uh turbine is this other one it was added pretty pretty close and this one stuck out because it felt like we played it a lot um but that is an entirely indoor ctf map which is uh which is different Mm -hmm. um from how it was um you're inside of this hydroelectric dam and uh it's mostly like a lot of vent kind of stuff
0: yeah yeah i found this uh i don't totally dig this uh this map neither do i um it's fine yeah but uh i got you know frustrated a couple times with it so Mm -hmm. um Another uh, game mode is Control Point. Um, this is where each map is strewn with a kind of number of capture points, and you have to stand on them for a certain amount of time to convert them to your team. Right. Um, so it's kind of like a tug-of-war. Mm-hmm.
1: Yep. Yeah. And uh, there's, uh, there's attacker defense, and then there are uh, these uh, kind of symmetrical ones that end up being you know, both sides pu- pushing towards their own end zones. Um, and they made, they made a really good decision to where they don't reset the capture time um, right mm-hmm. away, when uh, when when somebody uh, goes off of it, there actually is like a cooldown on it, so that if there is a wave coming coming up shortly, like again, that keeps the momentum going.
0: Yeah, yeah, and it, you get a special message when somebody is standing on it, waiting for that cooldown to come down. It says the capture point is being contested, mm-hmm. uh, not captured, so you know that your attention is needed, um, but not uh, it's not happening right then. We're yeah. not quite making the cooldown happen.
1: Yeah. Of, um, of these six maps that were shipped with this game. Um, this accounted for four of them, actually. This mode, so like they really, really leaned on this as being kind of the new canonical Team Fortress Two. It felt like, or at least that was yeah. the mood when I when I first picked this up back in two thousand seven. Um, kind of shifting it away from that more kind of like static um, TF Two with like smaller maps and just like more kind of like budding heads. Like yeah, you know?
0: the, the, it, it turns things towards more towards skirmishes mm-hmm. that are around new smaller places rather than control of an entire map. You know. Um, yeah. This these uh this mode kind of bums me out because this is something where map knowledge will really fuck you. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's very easy uh moving through. If you spawn and you're not with your team and you don't know the map, it is very easy to walk to the second control point that is not being contested. Mm-hmm. Um you eventually get silhouettes uh kind of in your that's you can see through objects to silhouettes of your team, um, but it's distance uh kind of gated. So if you're not close enough to them, um, several times during these maps, I found myself just walking to a control point that's not contested, right? And then I have to walk back, and that's <laughs> time that you know, if you get out of sync with your team's respawns, yeah. Um, there's some classes that's a real problem with,
1: yeah, heavy specifically,
0: and yeah, yeah. And I found that to be the biggest problem with this map type, this game type,
1: mm-hmm. because these also tended to be really big, and also your spawn point would change uh, and, a lot and of the time. Do,
0: yeah, and it can be very far away mm-hmm. um initially from where you're going. Uh, and if you don't have an engineer on your team, because we mostly played smaller matches. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that you know, we got 6v6 six six is as big as we got. Um, but, you know, we had a lot of, like, 4v4s, 3v3s, 3v3s. A lot of 3D, 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 4D, 3D. Um, <laughs> or are you talking about some kind of weird robot punk club? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, I'm talking about a, a, a pattern on my computer to to run mm. to show me a new, new Tane. Yeah. the um. But because of that, um, maybe we wouldn't have an engineer who would do a te- you know have teleporter etiquette. Yeah, to uh, to shorten that distance for us.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we'll get to the engineer. That's a those teleporters are a real big deal. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I just included the four um, that were uh, that that were included here. So granary is like this really simple one. It's kind of like uh, just a bunch of smaller arenas, kind of alternating indoor outdoor, um, with really kind of constricted lines of sight. Uh, but they're kind mm-hmm. of, like, laid out in a in uh, in a in a straight line. So the disorientation is not really that big of a deal here.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, and well, you know, you can use well, which we talked about last time, also is useful for this. Mm-hmm. Like fact, it, that, it does that's double how it ships, actually. Yeah. 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 Um, so, again, this is, uh, you know, the, it's this rail depot. Um, and like the Capture the Flag version, uh, it's very similar. But there is this uh, huge open arena at the center. Right. You know, where uh, where the trains are and everything like that, that is where you're likely to be fighting Mm
1: -hmm. in this yeah and so it's really really hard to hold that center so like if you get that you really need to make a push to either defend that um but mostly to get the next one so you're kind of like fighting to uh to keep something
0: that's easier to control there's so many avenues of attack yeah in that center thing which is a real strength for it uh in capture the flag because that's (laughs) where the two armies are likely to meet Mm -hmm. and here it becomes uh Maybe a detriment. I don't know. So if it's it's a like, detriment. A,
1: a, like if not a detriment, at least a pacing and consistency. Yeah, kind of changes the shape of the map once you get out to the center, and everybody's going to be fighting for the center at the start.
0: Yeah, yeah,
1: yep, yep, Um Dust Bowl. This is kind of like the big canonical TF2 map. Um, mm-hmm. uh, this or is
0: one, one of one of many canonical. I suppose. Yeah,
1: I'm making this broad this this broadcast. statement. I think I'm saying that because this is like the big uh, control point map that they brought over from TFC. Mm -hmm. yeah um but this is kind of like this winding kind of canyon and this is the first kind of attack to map where red is explicitly playing defense and then blue is kind of making this push so it is you know kind of red trying to run down the clock while blue is trying to be
0: yes yeah if if you get first downs uh in this when you get to a new capture point and gain extra time to get to the next one yeah and stuff
1: um, yeah, and then gravel pit, which is kind of my favorite of these, um, just because it is asymmetrical. It is the uh, the, the attack defend, um, but you kind of have, you kind of have an option, um, especially with a smaller team, of which of the kind of forward places you want to defend um, or attack. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So this is the one that like the last stand is at that a uh, kind of crazy multi tiered tower um, by yeah. the red
0: base. Yeah, which is so hard to defend uh, which is intentional you know yeah. they want to make that very tricky but like that is so hard to defend yeah um yeah
1: <laughs> now let's talk about the uh the biggest um kind of like misstep and kind of like one of the big tragedies of kind of their intention um because i really think that they wanted territory to control to be what this game was mm-hmm. if you listen to the uh if you listen to the commentaries
0: well yeah and just the fact that it you know shipped with it and is no longer <laughs> popular like you listen to the commentaries but then also see who's playing what yes um so this is very similar to capture point um but with several different arenas uh these kind of different capture points at different areas in the map um and territory is gained or lost in a round so you right. go and you grab one of these points and then once the round ends, that's yours. Mm-hmm. At that point, you've gained or lost it.
1: Yeah. And then the map kind of shifts around. Um, doors open. Doors close. The, the size of the map kind of uh, expands and contracts in order to, like, uh, focus you on which ones you should get next. And it'll mm-hmm. show you, like, an overhead map of, like, what's available to you and, like, how it goes. But what ends up happening is these matches last for an incredibly long time.
0: The map for this is an excrutable nightmare um, <laughs> that I hate and everyone who is on our server hated. Right. Um, which is hydro, uh, because the idea was to make a single map with a lot of replayability. Uh, so it changes areas close, doors open, things like that. <laughs> um, I hate it. Uh it's impossible to know, knowing a map's really important. Mm-hmm. It tricks itself into some bad design things. Yeah. Like you end up uh, going down, you know, no not down to the level where there are dead ends, but you will sometimes, I felt like, take a security circuitous route that for no real great gain. Mm -hmm. uh for that so you'd end up um you know maybe getting a minor health kit for doing this thing because of the way that the map (laughs) was laid out at the moment
1: it's it's kind of funny this is that this is a hydroelectric dam because there are times where i will take a wrong turn and i will end up like clark griswold at the hoover dam in vegas vacation just separated
0: from the family and trying to plug up a hole in the wall with gum well, I, d- I definitely didn't see Vegas vac- Vacation. Oh, okay. Is Vegas Vacation worth watching? Not really. Like I didn't think so. I, I know <laughs> I was ten when it
1: came out, and I really liked uh, the other Vacation movies, so I oh, watched
0: they're it. Good. Yeah, yeah. The um, yeah I uh, so Vegas Vacation takes place in the Hydro Map. Yes, it does. <laughs> um, and Clark Griswold is probably what sniper. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think uh, <laughs> <laughs> the sniper looks like uh, looks like Hunter S. Thompson to me, uh, depending oh, on yeah. the hat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> who kind of looks like chevy chase no oh, true you no know, you know? real so chinny. There, there we go real yeah. chinny
1: um yeah. <laughs> yeah but uh the point stands you know it's easy to get lost it's easy to like just uh navigate your way into being away from your team and being useless for a while yeah. and that is a problem that is solved by time however most of these maps are kind of instantly readable. Uh, that's kind of the word of the day or the month, rather, for me now. I guess I'm on this kick. Um, most of the other maps don't suffer from this problem. And I think it's kind of a combination of a bunch of different factors, size and visual distinctness and kind of like just <laughs> the, the, the map directing you um, from one place to another, um, you know, all kind of contributing to that. And, you know, in a way, they had to design the map this way because, you know, any team can take most of these places from either direction.
0: The um the time making up for the fact that you get lost doesn't help at all when it becomes a problem if you get out of sync with your team. Right. So, like, if you get lost on your way to something, like, you try to take a different route because you're a different class, mm-hmm. you know, like, the, if if you're following, if you don't know a map, you're following your group of guys out, mm-hmm. they're all going to split up according to class. Right. Um. You know, because snipers want to find a perch and medics are following heavies. And pyros want to find something and spies want to get behind enemy lines. Mm-hmm. Um So you can't really follow them if you're playing a, a unique class. I mean, you can, but it's not the most effective thing. Mm-hmm. So in this map, I would be like, okay, I'm going to play pyro. Uh, I'm going to try to find my other way out. I would take a path that I felt like would take me over to the enemy base and then just end up in a big room full of machinery by myself. <laughs> and that's it for you because your team's all going to die out on the front lines. Mm-hmm. You're going to run out there, face the other team by yourself, <laughs> yep. die while they're on their way to the front lines, and then that's it. You yep. know? You can just hang out in the base, but that feels so bad mm-hmm. uh, to do. And that's, you know, that's not why you're playing. Yeah. I mean, um, so
1: in every other instance, it's okay to hit the ground
0: running. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Like you you more or less just run out. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's a real bummer. This map sucks.
1: Yeah. It's a, it's a it's a big misstep that they obviously put a, t- a lot of like time and attention into. But uh, but for not, I'm very happy that they kind of stepped away from this idea of making multiple maps within one and just kind of focused on, OK, we're going to have a shitload of maps, but each of them is going to be really, really good at what, it, at what we want it to do
0: yeah yeah let's move on to greener pastures oh yeah
1: uh, payload is really fun <laughs> payload is so good um yeah. so this uh takes the place of an escort mission um from tfc i forget the name of it i should have gotten it. it's like vip or something like that um but you have this bomb that's affixed to a cart and uh the blue team um in a lot of uh situations or both of them if you're in a race map has to uh, stand near this cart and kind of escort it um along the track pass these different checkpoints until you ultimately get to the to, to the enemy base and then explode it.
0: Yes. Um and there's a bunch of different weird little quirks to this. So the more people you have standing near it, um the faster it moves. Uh scouts count for two people. Mm-hmm. Uh if they're standing near it, uh it heals you a lot of time so it's giving you this kind of like mobile defense unit. Mm-hmm. Um as and since you're going on a prescribed path, it eliminates uh, some of, you know, so if you're setting ambushes, the trick is you don't know exactly where the other player is going to come through here. You do, <laughs> right. um, you know, they're going to send, uh, scouts or send a snipe, you know, not literally scouts. I meant that in the general term, right. um, they're going to send people out, uh, to kind of the sidelines to, to flank you, but somebody is going to come up this track, Right. you know, which makes it very, uh, easy and satisfying to set up ambushes and <laughs> counteracting that is easy. And satisfying too because you know the other team is going to set up something
1: mm-hmm. so um, this is
0: probably my favorite game mode oh me too actually yeah by, this by is far. this is really fun
1: yeah and this was added kind of shortly after my kind of most uh most active days of playing this back in the day mm-hmm. um so coming to this and you know seeing the maps that they designed around it and just the amount of uh just the amount of fun that it was was a real real pleasant surprise
0: yeah yeah Yeah, very, very fun. Um, uh, The the race mode is really fun, too, where you have to split every team into attack and defense.
1: (laughs) And Uh, uh, oftentimes, both carts are on a path that is uh, where where the other is visible. So, mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, you kind of have, uh, like on some of them, uh, this kind of like short protected run as you're both leaving your spawn and going along this place. But then things kind of stall out in the middle as you get into this high visibility place.
0: Yeah, and you can send people out to kind of zerg rush the other team when they don't expect it as well <laughs> um, through here and stuff. Like, there's just a lot of a uh, lot of options. Yeah, a lot of nuance and uh, payload.
1: Yeah, maps. Um, yeah, uh, Gold Rush is the one that I spent the most time with on this. This was the one where the uh, this this is where the mode was added. Actually, was with uh, was was with Gold Rush, um, and uh, this is really um, a great map for kind of showing you the importance of uh, of choke points and
0: uh, ambush paths. Um, Mm -hmm. and kind of counter ambushes as well. Like this is a fantastic map. Yeah. Um, the other two, um, I either didn't get as much time with, or did not care for quite as much. Mm -hmm. Um, so Badwater basin, um, is a little bit more open. So there's a little bit more of that line of sight for doing these things. And it gets closer as you approach the goal, as opposed to gold rush, which starts out kind of more protected. Right. Um, so this kind of adds a little bit of sense of urgency at the end when you have to actually infiltrate a space, you know, if your (laughs) opponent is close to their goal. Yeah um
1: yeah <laughs> and what's funny is as you are kind of proceeding as you get closer the uh the the, the run up um that the defense has to try and stop this gets shorter as well so you're dealing with kind of like faster and faster waves of defense that are buffeting yeah you, just by you know geometry <laughs> yeah um and then pipeline which is kind of the 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 one like pay, payload race that i up playing the most um, and this is the one where, like, the entire middle is exposed, and, uh, you're both, like, on these raised tracks, um, if you're trying to get this along, so you really have to, um, you know, be care be careful, um, as you're going mm-hmm. along. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, another kind of bygone game type that does not get played very often is Arena. Yeah, I didn't care for this, actually. I don't, I don't know if I did it, even. Mm-hmm. Um, really. This is just, this is Team Deathmatch. Right. So um health health pickups
1: aren't really a thing and that's more to uh just kind of make it so that you live and live and die by what your class can do yeah um and uh you're really just kind of uh playing for points um control points uh kind of factor in as well i like what this turned into with king of the hill um but there are some maps we can talk about with this that at least i played um badlands kind of uh, adapts an older map to this style um and it kind of confines you to to the very small central portion of that lumberyard is notable for being the first of the maps that uh, broke away from that uh, desert industrial kind of style and mm-hmm. then
0: nucleus oh my god I hate nucleus so much did nucleus you... is really rough yeah um, I, I played it very very briefly mm-hmm. um but not uh, maybe only once mm-hmm. did I play this yeah yeah this feels like again it feels like a Mario Kart competitive level it does it has this, this kind of sym- circular symmetry mm-hmm. um lots of uh you know z variants mm-hmm. lots of lots of uh, height yeah uh differences
1: yeah and it's one of those things where like it's a real at least for me it's a real playability concern that most of the maps are designed so that you know where you're coming from and where somebody could possibly uh kind of uh, come from as well um, you mm-hmm. know, kind of come towards you, like just the fact that like your line of sight is almost always guided by the objective, um, is, uh, is really, really important here. I would just be running and trying to, you know, take somebody out and then just, oh, here's a pyro who dropped down from yeah. one level above me, or here's a spy who I didn't, uh, take in, you know, take into account because there's so much chaos going on as we're all kind of vying for this central kind of tower. Um, this, this, this ended up being like just a real, real drag. Did not dig for it.
0: I did, did, not, dig <laughs> did, did it. not dig for it. I didn't, I didn't have to dig for it. It dig was, it is a special map they've made for me, um, <laughs> that I got a chance to play. That's where they send the people who can't talk. Yeah. Dig fort. <laughs> dig fort. <it. laughs> um, yeah. King of the hill is pretty fun. This is the better version of death match. Um, it just, it, there's a single capture point, right? Um, so you're just sending waves and waves and waves against this middle point and you have a timer that counts down. It's whoever can control it for their, their four minutes or five minutes first. Right. Um, it has the same kind of rules as uh, the other capture points where it doesn't immediately switch over. Mm-hmm. Um, and same overtime rules as well. Uh, but this is, uh, if you're just going to have everybody go crazy, if you want your entire team to be on the same battlefront, mm-hmm. um, this is a good solution for that. Yes. Or good uh, good game mode for that.
1: Yeah. Uh this is where we ended up getting into the most overtime. Um specifically like sawmill ended up being a very common map on our server. And um we would get into uh double overtime with some of these, and it would just really be like victory it would just be, you know, one errant bullet would uh would decide things. Yeah. Yeah. Which is a good thing. Um and then Viaduct is is kind of another one. It feels like uh the end of uh oh my gosh, uh GoldenEye. <laughs> where you just have sure. that raised point over a canyon um let's get to halloween which holy shit gary
0: yeah halloween stuff is really
1: fun uh
0: (laughs) in this game Kind of surprising.
1: Yeah. uh, How good it is. (laughs) So every year since 2009, Valve has kind of done these special Halloween events, uh, kind of with these special maps and strange items and props and stuff like that. And these quickly got out of hand. It sounds like I'm being negative when I say that. Like, this is a huge kind of vector for like lore and stuff that actually does kind of get into the play because along with this comes like bosses you know most of the time you're dealing with morasmus who is uh who is a magician who was soldier's roommate in uh in college
0: mm-hmm. which is <laughs> uh, feels like a dr doom yeah riff to me um a little bit and then there's also uh we run into a uh, monoculus and then <laughs> one of the funniest jokes in this game is the horseless headless horseman <laughs> that's a really funny joke
1: that's so funny
0: yeah that's real good <laughs> yeah. um there's also a skeleton king uh-huh so I like way the
1: skeleton King shows up <laughs> anytime off in the distance. There is an Island with a gigantic skull embedded in it. And then when I can go there and get a sweet item from a chest inside that skull.
0: Yeah. Um, <laughs> <just> yeah. <laughs> and, and also there's the, I like the way that these maps, um, mess around with cooperative yes. modes. <laughs> like when there's a boss that shows up, um, what they found, this was a, a decision that came later where a boss would show up and people would just kind of dunk on each other and mm-hmm. use the boss as a distraction. Um, However, the uh, eventually they introduce this kind of um, truce that would happen, yeah. where everyone cannot hurt each other. They just have to hurt, you know, mm-hmm. the boss when he shows up. And because if you kill the boss, you eventually get this item. Um, <laughs> players, you know, it's this real like fast back and forth between cooperative and competitive play. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> um,
1: it, it feels like uh, I mean you know, the 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 competitive thing doesn't doesn't factor into it, but it feels like an MMO encounter. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of the time where there's this huge high HP enemy who oftentimes uh, can do a lot of damage or one hit KO or will single somebody out and often will kind of like um, uh, warp around. Um, maybe our server was a bit of uh, a bit of an exception to this because we were all in the same voice chat. But uh, the amount of coordination that would happen the second that Mirasmus or Monoculus would show up um, to like get this thing taken care of um, was pretty cool. And like that mm-hmm. switching speeds um, is a real nice texture for the game.
0: Yeah, yeah. Even though, like, ultimately, I ended up, I think, favoring Man versus Machine, which is all that. Yes. Um, so it's I really like how they made this, and then they concentrated it mm-hmm. um, into into a mode that actually, like, other than I mean, I really, really love Payload. Uh, man versus Machine might be my favorite way to play this. Oh yeah. Uh, this game because that's that's really really good. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so we have these different uh, different maps here. Uh, boy, I, I feel like we haven't even really covered everything. There are spells yep um you can get now so there's uh you equip a spell book and then you pick up these single use kind of roguelike randomized items mm-hmm. uh that do different things it's like mildly too complicated uh, to get into but you do, also it's all optional like you don't have to engage in the spells right i mean you um, should you know because some of them summon baby skeletons to like <laughs> fight your enemies but it's it's
1: bonkers yep um and uh, everybody gets a spell magazine um, that yeah. will only hold one of them. And then, you, like, you, you can, you can fight and, uh, scrap around to get the, to get the uh, the spell book that'll hold a bunch of them. You know, yeah, I, I think the, the way that I treated this and the way that, that, that I had the most fun with it, I initially was trying to be real strategic about the way that I use them. Like, this is just a way to inject chaos into the game, it felt like. Yeah. You know, yeah. so like, it was just this bonus effect that I, you know, would just deploy when an enemy was nearby and just kind of like roll with whatever came out. Like, that was just an immediate joy button for me.
0: Yeah, it, 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 the whole game is the opposite of Vinyl Destination, no items. Like the <laughs> whole game is random stage all items, you know, all Pokeballs, mm-hmm. 300%. But this is that at its utmost. Right. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, Man Manor um, is kind of the, the first one after Harvest that uh, kind of brought this control point. And then this is where you have the boss, the Horseless Headless Horseman. Um, who has this really cool behavior where he will single out a particular player. Mm-hmm. You can actually use that to like guide him around into, uh, into, into other folks. Like he'll yeah. get really reckless, as opposed to being evasive, which is what happens with most of these others.
0: Yes, yeah, we're trying to get away get away from you. Um, <laughs> this is pretty fun. Um, the Ioduct uh, is the a king of the hill map, um, where we have to take this certain central point. Um, but you take breaks because Minocula shows up, <laughs> uh, who's a gigantic like a beholder. Yep, it's a, it's a, it's Demoman's eye. Yeah, is, uh, yeah exactly, which, in came, in which I, I, I love because um, uh, <laughs> because he looked at the bomb. Merasmus was responsible. Yeah, well, and Merasmus was responsible. Like, right? If yep. I recall, there's yeah, a lot of lore yeah. to these things too. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you fight monocles eventually he teleports away and he goes to this portal of the underworld, um, where you can get this special item, this hat uh, from <laughs> that Skull Mountain um when you're in the underworld uh some of the thing the also man we didn't talk about the uh, uh there it is the uh the spinning the wheel yeah because you can get summoned <laughs> uh sent to the underworld where it hurts to just be in the world as well mm-hmm. um there's this kind of like acid air mm-hmm. hell dimension yeah you end up in <laughs>
1: Yeah, um, uh, let's hear ghost Ghostport. This is the one where uh, you're fighting Morasmus, um, who again is just a just a real son of a bitch, um, as opposed to Monoculus, who kind of just fires a bunch of rockets um, and explosions every once in a while. Morasmus mm-hmm. is uh, kind of more of an AOE, like around himself, and he's much more much more cagey about uh, kind of warping away from you. And yeah. this has the Wheel of Fate, which actually causes these map wide mutations, like in the like Perfect Dark kind of sense. Like here's Big Head mode, and all of a sudden it is a sn- sniper. Sm- is board,
0: <laughs> yeah. It, it became it becomes like server mods. Yes, you know. So like that's you know you jump on a server and they have goofy shit running. It, you know, I'm sure that these were direct inspirations mm-hmm. uh, for the things like low grav things like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, hell Tower is the payroll payload race map. Um, <laughs> we're trying to deliver the each team is trying to deliver the opposing brothers body to hell um, because the, you know plays into the story. These two brothers, the Blue Tark and, and mm-hmm. Redman. Um, Redmond or Redford? I think Red, Red Redford, Redford, maybe. Redford, yeah. Maybe. Um, yeah. We should for, look for, Forgive me the, if uh, I'm wrong. <laughs> the um, so this is a, a payload race where you get spells. Um, other than the fact that you get spells, it's pretty standard mm-hmm. uh, here. But the spells do kind of spice things up. Yeah. And this has the floating bridge of light that leads to the better spells. Right. Um, that appears kind of randomly that it's uh, not random
1: it's um it's uh it it is if you look at the clock on the clock tower um if it it approaches midnight uh there's a small period um that 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 appears um there were there were a lot of times where yeah i ended up playing a soldier a lot where i would just make like a like a hail mary uh rocket jump from the middle of that right before it was about to flicker out of existence and kind of close the distance Mm. yeah yeah (laughs) <laughs> um carnival of Car- carnage actually feels just a little bit too complicated to me so this is a uh, um a game variant that i was not aware of um and kind of explaining it and learning it in the uh in the heat of kind of playing it didn't end up really working out that well this is special delivery um and the other map uh doomsday for this you are delivering uh australia which is like this radioactive gold element to a rocket ship to launch a uh monkey named poopy joe To the Mm -hmm. uh, to the moon. Um, Here you're trying to get this uh, um, briefcase full of tickets and deliver it uh, back to the strongman machine. Um, And each time this happens, there are these curses um, that are laid out, uh, which kind of give uh, a temporary uh, kind of kill boost um, around Mm -hmm. that.
0: Yeah, I didn't did not get a chance to play this yeah. one.
1: This is the one that has the uh that has the carts, actually. So you end up going to either this uh bumper cart kind of thing, uh which has kind of Smash Brothers rules, again, the <laughs> final destination thing. Um there's also like rushing for safe ground as uh platforms are disappearing, and then like a straight up race um as it goes along. Um again, this felt just like a little bit too clever by half. Um it was neat. I think it maybe if I spent more time with it. Um but I think like the uh <laughs> the 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 um sweet spot for this is somewhere between like ghost fort and hell tower in terms of complexity.
0: Yeah. These are, to me, these are sometimes streets mm-hmm. kind of in general, Yeah, like it's fun, but it's a little bit more than I want to learn and a little mm-hmm. bit too much chaos. Yeah. You know, like I dug it, it was mm-hmm. really, really hilarious and wonderful mm-hmm. for, for the night that we did it. Yeah. You know, but it's a, I like the idea of them kind of being a, a part of a random map rotation. Yeah. That just pops up from time to time. Mm hmm. Um, what i can see if i come back to team fortress in a meaningful way it will probably be to play man versus machine mode yeah which is the final mode uh the most recent one that's introduced that we're going to talk about um which is co-op yeah uh and it you you know this is the obvious way to do Mm co-op for this game is to turn it into like robotron um the way that they kind of fucked with it and and changed it made this weird kind of combination of like horde and tower defense and orcs must die uh, kind of thing (laughs) it's really 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 effective and fun yeah um so uh the story here um there are robots invading and you have to (laughs) unite they're they're Um, being
1: led by the lost uh the lost brother gray um who was uh disowned because he was a small infant and he was raised by eagles
0: yes yep and (laughs) uh you know they have to actually team up the uh, blue team puts on red shirts (laughs) <laughs> uh, to, to team up and uh, and fight these waves and waves of increasingly difficult robots. Um, most of them classes you have, some of them have different modifiers, so like fucking uh, always crit sol- giant soldiers <laughs> um, are the worst. Yep. Uh, they're, they're way worse than the giant heavies, Mm -hmm. way worse than the tanks. (laughs) So always crit giant soldiers can get fucked. (laughs) Yeah. Um, but
1: like you're dealing with so, so many of them, you have to have a special server actually set up. It has to be a 32 person server just to kind of like calculate, uh, what these other things are doing. And they're not very smart. Like they're just kind of following a a couple of uh, set behaviors, but they're, you know, kind of like overwhelming you. This is the, just like the most number of enemies and most number of targets, uh, that you're going to get on a single screen um in this game and it is really fast paced especially when the uh when when the rounds are going um and by the end of these if you are kind of staying on top of the curve and upgrading your weapons um which we
0: we gotta talk about yes we do yeah Yeah, because that's that's a totally different thing about this
1: Uh, yes um if you're upgrading your weapons and stuff you end up like you know rising not just with the difficulty curve but like there were times where it's like i became deadly effective by the choices that i made so let's talk about the upgrade system
0: yeah, so you uh, in this you get money. Uh, every robot drops cash. Um, the team shares money, so uh, you want it's in your interest to pick up all the cash before it disappears. Um, one of the cleverest things about this mode is that it recontextualizes a lot of classes. Mm-hmm. Um, we talked about uh, we didn't talk about it, but the medic can revive people, which is very cool. Um, the different classes have a couple of new abilities. The scout, uh, because they are not anything for firepower, but every team needs a scout. Because they have a radius where they pick up money and they get healed by money, mm-hmm. so that class changes entirely to be this kind of sweep up mm-hmm. uh, class to make sure you get enough money for these upgrades. Um, you have specific properties for each of your weapons as well yep. as general upgrades. Yeah, um, engineers uh, actually get
1: more uh, more stuff for their uh, for their centuries uh, as well.
0: Yeah, like shields yeah. and things. Yeah. Yep. Um, so you can you know change jump height, speed, health. Um, you can heal on kills. Uh, you can change accuracy, splash damage, all kinds of things. Like mm-hmm. there are tons and tons of options yeah. uh, for this, and you just you spend money between rounds in the same kind of rhythms as a, a tower defense game.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know? and it's super uh, super accommodating too. Like in between rounds, like everybody, like there, there's a timer that goes down. It can't be indefinite, but like there's enough time for you to make this decision, and you just press a button that says, "Hey, I'm good to go for the next wave."
0: The, the timer doesn't actually start until somebody says they're ready. Okay, cool. So once the first person says they're ready, it's a stop. You know, from one person from just away from keyboarding yeah, um, and I can kick, so that you have as much time as you need for these things. You can also upgrade in the middle of rounds, um, which is a real fun risk-reward thing and is necessary during uh, the Halloween crossover uh, Wave 666, <laughs> which is, uh, it's all just one big wave. Um, you do the entire thing at once. Mm. You know, there are no, you start out with $5,000 to spend and then every, I mean, everything doesn't come out at once, but there are no breaks. Right. It's just wave after wave after wave after wave. And that was... Uh, <laughs> We did not, we're not able to beat that. Yeah. Um, and um, These are already balanced to be pretty
1: hard. Yeah. I did not end up beating that or did, uh, playing that rather. Mm. So that's a, that's a bummer. I'll have to go back it's in fun. there and short that up.
0: Yeah, it was, it was really cool. The biggest, the most fun part of it for me, even though it was pretty obvious that we weren't going to make it, um, <laughs> was just being able to start out with the $5,000. Oh yeah. So you get to make a really, really powerful uh, kind of customized character right out, right out the gate.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah members yeah. of machine is really really good i think that it, that is wonderful that, like, like they they turned it into a new game um yeah and it kind of leans into it leans into the thing about this game that i like i mean obviously i'm not a competitive person i don't i don't play competitive shooters i want to like step into a team that's already kind of going and decide like which niche can i fill in this where can i be most useful and like this makes that super easy to do yeah
0: yeah, yeah. It, it seems like it it's almost weird that it took so long for this to kind of come to its own and and get big because it's not that dissimilar from like left 4 dead right you know it's the same kind of uh, principle to it i mean i, I don't want to underestimate how hard it was to balance this yeah and stuff i'm really glad it happened though mm-hmm. um there are a lot of two um weird little things so we talk about um the things that change the flow of this so it's not just you know fighting unending waves of ai robots mm-hmm. um are tanks and uh Century busters um, yeah. Tanks are just kind of gigantic slabs of metal mm-hmm. uh, that, if they hit your your end point, you're trying to keep things from hitting. Uh, putting a, a bomb inside your your pit. Right. Um, yeah. Tanks uh, just require all your attention. They're super super tanky. Mm-hmm. Um, Sentry busters are really interesting because <laughs> you would think that for this kind of thing, if you're just gonna have people running past a point, a team of you know eight engineers would just would have that unlock right Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um so they they spawn these ultra tough robots that just go near your buildings and explode (laughs) um there's tons of interesting strategies to kind of juke them um you can place like low value you know uh buildings like mm-hmm. things like um
1: yeah just put like uh, a shitty dispenser up near the front
0: yeah yeah throw a dispenser up there to trick them you can also pick up your items and carry them around and kind of juke them <laughs> uh, until they can get shot yeah. um,
1: it's pretty neat and they move fast for their size too yeah so like like when they come out they become a real high priority know, just because of the damage they can do
0: yeah and they they often hide them in waves of other enemies like chaff mm-hmm. you know so one will come out with you know oh spies <laughs> are coming out this round and uh snipers mm-hmm. to try to stop you from hitting these uh these sentry busters
1: yeah so. Um, kind of along with those tanks, just to step back there for a minute. what's interesting is the tank operates as a bomb and you want to try and stop that but alongside that there is often another bomb that is being moved by faster mm-hmm. stuff. so like it's a uh, it's kind of a, a a wave where your attention is going to be split um, yes. you know between trying to stop these two things, both of which present the same threat but just in a different a different uh, strength and a different rate
0: right right so you put your dps on the tank and you put your faster classes on the other one but you have to make those decisions in like a second yep it's really cool yeah i mean not in a second it tells you what's actually coming up for the wave yeah but uh for our purposes where we're not actually planning um, (laughs) we had to kind of figure it out on the fly yeah whenever something like that happened i assumed i was figuring it out and everyone else just knew because they were experts yes so i'm the only person who's like i don't know what to do let me see (laughs) if i can decide yeah but i mean it you know
1: regardless the effect is still the same it was something you could play reactively
0: Yes. Yeah. Um, there are tons of other mods and kind of custom game types that I didn't play any of.
1: No. Uh, uh, we, so
0: if you have anything to say about these, this is going to be the cool show because I just played the, the what we have on the server. Nope.
1: I just played what we had on the server as well. Um, there are so many maps and uh, like a lot of the uh, a lot of these special ones you kind of have to load in. Um, you have to like make a text file that says, hey, pull up these doomsday or medieval maps and the names don't always say that um but there's uh you know the, the doomsday one which is the special delivery with poopy joe um medieval which actually sounds kind of fun you just have ancient weapons um we're gonna mm-hmm. talk about the uh um the melee demo man uh later on but this is like a whole mode of that and then manpower which is capture the flag but people have grappling hooks mm-hmm. which uh i'm going to have to do that i'm gonna do like a grappling hook night someday here um, there you go <laughs> in the next week or so <laughs> um and then there's even like more bonkers stuff like we rolled a stock server um but uh, if you go into some of these places they're going to have um stuff like team fortress mario kart they're going to have um you know any number of modifiers and things like that kind of enable that uh you know are purely just for fun but also kind of you know to my purpose for trying to prepare for this i didn't want to have kind of like getting in the way of understanding the core experience however much that core experience is expanded
0: even then it's it- even if that wasn't a consideration it just you have to draw a line somewhere yep so it, it just uh you know we can't uh, anything where you have fan input and a company that is, is accepting of fan input and is interested in it and co-opting of it as valve um you're going to have a really really wide array of kind of product mm-hmm. here so yep. there's just there's got to be a line somewhere and what valve actually put out is probably a good place to draw the line Um so let's get to the kind of um the second half of the uh, the body of the episode we're going to talk with the classes individually. Yeah. Um just go back to that first caveat and think about it again. Uh, we do not <laughs> have ma- we're not master strategists for these so no. if the the meta has changed forgive us please. Um this is what <laughs> this is the basics. Right. Um, we're going to start with offense classes. Yes.
1: Um, and these are grouped like that, actually, on the uh, on the character select screen. Um, there are nine mm-hmm. classes, um, or yeah, nine classes, three different categories, and three classes per category. Um, but again, you know, we're going to talk about the ways that they kind of blur those lines. Um, but uh, we're going to begin with kind of the purity of purpose and the way they present themselves. The present themselves. Um, so the scout is kind of this incredibly brash, um, Boston-like street scrapper baseball fan kind of guy, and he features pretty prominently in a lot of the uh, in a lot of the media i think that he's a real kind of like fan favorite um, Yeah, just he's, because he's, he's a fast talker. The, uh,
0: yeah 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 cause he, well, he's charismatic he's funny mm-hmm. the um he's also like sane <laughs> in a way that the other characters are not uh so even though he's you know he's pretty asinine and pretty uh uh illogical but he's makes sense as somebody you can relate to mm-hmm. a little bit um, he's the main character of the uh, the movie *Expiration Date*, uh, which everyone should watch. <laughs> oh, it's yeah. free on the the website, and it's very funny. Yes. <laughs> um, the uh, so yeah, so he um, this is your your fast kind of. He was in Team Fortress Classic. He was the class that you used to capture the flag. Right. That was the whole point of him, and they've mm-hmm. kind of made that happen here, but they've been more offensive utility. So his uh, arsenal is a scattergun, a bat, and a pistol. Um, he's very fast. He has a double jump. Mm-hmm. really low health but he does more damage the closer he is to things right um that double jump
1: he can actually change direction um in the in, in midair so like mm-hmm. everything about him is kind of like uh kind of encouraging you to kind of make these hidden run approaches to where you want to close the distance really quick change direction and then get away before they can react yeah yeah. Uh, that scatter gun is like a it's like a shotgun. That's that that's uh like that has an incredibly widespread to it.
0: Yes. Um yeah. that, so you, you, you it's kind of an interesting uh kind of thing where you're like you're doing hit and run, you're very fragile, but you have to get close to enemies right. uh to hurt them. So you really are relying on your maneuverability if you're not just you know going for the intel or using your twice, you know, your double rate mm-hmm. for uh capturing things.
1: Right. Or uh double rate for moving the uh, the payload. Yes. Um, yeah. Like that. Uh, you can even triple jump with a certain item, which just seems crazy. <laughs> um, but yes, uh, there are a couple of different things you can do. Like the the Sandman Bat actually lets you stun enemies. So you can uh, like set them up with your alternate fire and then close the distance um, really quickly.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, there's the Bonk Energy Drink, which gives you a uh, speed up and the ability to be immune to bullets uh, essentially is for getting past uh, turrets. But not, you know, it's not the same thing as an Uber. It's not for destroying turrets or wrecking turrets or wrecking, uh, wrecking shop. It's just to get past it to get to the Intel or right. what have you. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, the force of nature is a new scatter gun that you can get that actually lets you do, um, it gives you knockback on your attack. So like if there is somebody who's posted up on a capture point or, uh, you know, uh, in your way, you can actually blow them out of the way or also kind of augment your double jump with a, uh, with like a rocket jump kind of thing. It'll like blow Mm -hmm. you in a different direction. Um, if you are airborne while you're shooting it and you're going to be airborne while shooting a lot
0: as a scout. Yes, yeah, because you're going to be double jumping, so you're hard to hit. Yeah, um, the mad milk is this milk uh, that you throw onto people, you <laughs> splash onto them, um, and then when you hit them, you heal. Um, the weird, and this is a good example of how man versus machine functionality changed, because you can get upgrades and do things that make the mad milk slow things down, mm-hmm. which is obviously very important in a wave-based uh, kind of keep away yeah. system. In the main game, though, you can uh, you just you turn uh, enemies into like you know vampire you get life drain yeah. on them.
1: <laughs> um so for as much as i kind of uh, steer away from twitch based kind of play i'm just not really good at it my reflexes aren't that good the the way that they load the scout up and the way they they kind of just augment um kind of avatar strength and ability um kind of really it, it clicks for me and i'm mm-hmm. feeling really effective when i was playing as the scout whereas other classes that you know nominally have a little bit more longevity um or tenacity um ended up being more short-lived than playing as the scout where like just it just clicked with the way that i thought
0: mm-hmm. yeah yeah it's it the scout is fun like it's in it's in my mid-range it's not something i played very much but mm-hmm. i think it is a fun class yeah um and a fun character
1: <laughs> let's move on to uh to my class my guy the one that i've been playing yeah. forever this is the uh the soldier again in the offense um and this is just a straight up like jingoistic drill sergeant kind of guy
0: I, I mean, kinda. Like he's he's much more insane than that. Like the yes. idea is that he's I mean he's pretty cracked as far as uh no, people delusional. in this game. Yeah. Yeah, very delusional. Like his meet the video uh is him giving a speech um of false uh sun Tzu-isms to like dismembered heads. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's it's pretty uh and then during that expiration date thing he's got this he's a little like lol random. But mm. I think the accent and everything and kind of sells it.
1: Mm-hmm. It comes you across know? worse in the comic, actually. I think the uh, the voice acting does does help that. Yeah,
0: it helps out. I think so too. Yeah. Um, so his bull, his big thing, he's got a rocket launcher, mm-hmm. uh, a shotgun, and a shovel. Um, his defining kind of weapon is the the rocket launcher. Um, the shotgun doesn't do tons of damage. Um, it's a real backup weapon. The shovel is just a regular standard. Melee weapon for most cases, unless you do an alternate loadout. Mm-hmm. The rocket launcher is kind of his defining characteristic, and he's he's like a jack of all trades. Um, he's not as good at doing damage as the demo man. Um, you know, he's not as even with rocket jumps. He's not as mobile as the scout, but he can kind of do all of these things. Right,
1: he's also very durable as well. Yes, um, yeah. Second, I think only to the heavy actually so mm-hmm. like he's really friendly to somebody who again is not going to be real twitch Amy like there there's very little um that is actually asked of you in terms of like hitting something that is moving very quickly with pixel perfect actor uh, p- pixel perfect accuracy um in this game and the soldier you know you you know I ended up um kind of using the splash damage from this and again this is nothing new but like again it clicks with the way that I think using that to kind of like deny area and kind of predict where people were going, and uh, just kind of manage them, and kind of expose them for other people because of the way that it knocks them back.
0: Yeah, yeah. This ended up being the most uh, my most effective class, which it wasn't in classic, hmm. uh, but in this go round, this is what I ended up playing the most because it's easy. Yeah. Um. You know, the the skill floor on this I think is pretty low. Hmm. Um. So the uh, it's it's easy to be effective and get a lot of kills. Uh, i found yeah as the the soldier um he's got a couple of different uh ways to play him differently um but it felt like kind of less than the other classes um mm-hmm. one of the things is you get this base jumper item which allows you to kind of have a float mm-hmm. um as you fall with the idea being that the soldier is always going to want to have higher ground um the reason being is you since you want splash damage you want to shoot the ground next to an enemy if they're on higher ground than you you can't hit the ground right next to them Uh, So you want higher ground and the base jumper allows you to jump off and kind of float down while firing rockets, Mm -hmm. um, which is really fun. (laughs) Um, That's really, that's a really, really cool thing to to kind of do. Um, But just, you know, all of the items, we didn't really talk about this, but they're all bail, like they're all side grades Mm -hmm. we're designed to be side grades. So, you know, with that comes, you know, less damage or less splash damage, or I don't remember the specific uh, downgrade that comes with it, or you're Mm -hmm. using a slot. So it's like, I only have a rocket launcher. I don't
1: have. Yeah, you're you're, Shot- you're using a slot, so you still have your rocket launcher. You give up your shotgun or your uh or your shovel, probably your shotgun. Uh, which yeah. also means you're not using the gunboats, uh, which is uh, the metal boots that make you take less damage from rocket jumps.
0: Yes. Yeah. Which yeah. is so. There's a lot of different uh, different kind of ways to play him, but it's he feels simpler mm-hmm. than the other classes. Yeah,
1: the most How kind of complexity like. are items like banners that will let you uh, kind of act in a support role, um by kind of buffing other enemies around you or by the buff buffing your teammates.
0: Yeah. Um, um, however, to get those, they don't just fire automatically. You have to charge up a meter by killing things. Mm-hmm. Um, and that always feels like when I'm playing a fighting game and there's the like super meter. Or yeah. whatever. And there's just something to that level. It's not too complicated for me to pay attention to. But while I'm in the moment, <laughs> I don't like glancing down at an, a third meter. Yeah. You know, uh, so I didn't end up using a lot of these. Yeah. Um, but they're very effective, especially in a man versus machine. Yeah. Uh, my favorite lore bit about this guy.
1: Um, was that uh, he wanted to fight in World War II, but they rejected him because of uh, mental health reasons, um, and so he decided to go fight himself. Uh, yeah, he signed himself up for free tours of duty. <laughs> yep, he signed himself up, and uh, he was captured in Poland in 1949, still fighting war.
0: Yeah, really fantastic. Um, you know, all all of the like the the fake Sun Tzu quotes and everything, um, Sun Tzu, <laughs> and the the um, little comic, uh, the war comic with mm-hmm. his relationship with the demo man is very cute yep. um the idea of them being friends my favorite touch from that is they go to an eye museum where the soldier is yelling at a picture of an eye that has made the demo man cry <laughs> um or like a sculpture of an eye rather yep. uh it's it's really fantastic
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, um soldier is uh is, is big stuff this is what i played when i was in a t- uh, team workers classic clan actually mm-hmm. a lot it was either that or medic
0: Yeah. Uh, Pyro is next. Um, So the pyro is like a mystery. It was the last uh, meet the video that they (laughs) introduced. You got the sense that they didn't know exactly what they were going to reveal, uh, what was going on or how they were going to handle it. Mm -hmm. And uh, the way they do that is all the other classes are scared of this, uh, this class. They don't know anything about it. You know, they do these like fake interviews in in darkness, these like a current affair kind (laughs) of things. It's very cute. Um, And he's just this maniac who's setting everything on fire. Uh, One of the things that real quick I want to mention uh, about the meet the videos is how each video um, shows the main class just killing the entire other class, (laughs) uh, which I really like. Like everyone is shown at their most effective during those. um, And then those little the updates for items and stuff start showing counters, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, start showing those situational things. But every class is shown to be absolutely badass. It plays into something that um, my ex-roommate, Will, uh, forever roommate my heart. (laughs) <laughs> uh it says about team fortress 2 that Once he really a boy, Always a house boy you're always a houseboy, houseboy house, boy, house boy for life um that i uh really glom onto which he says that uh team fortress 2 is about creating hero moments mm-hmm. where like all the classes are set up to where you can just do one thing where you just feel incredible yeah you know and the meet the videos show a lot of that mm-hmm. you know like when the when the uh scout kind of circles around the heavy and manages to take him out like something <laughs> that can happen in game and that's like a hero moment yeah you know, um, every class is shown to be its most cool mm-hmm. during this. And I really, really dig that.
1: Yeah. And it is it, like those meet the videos are just, you know, master classes or at least very good examples of uh, kind of demonstration through story. Like mm-hmm. it's never it's never presented as like not anything as base as a tutorial. In fact, you probably have to pay attention and go back and relook at this. But like they're demonstrating how you are kind of intended to use these classes against each yeah. other. There's information there uh, yes. that you can glean, but like you can appreciate it on a handful of different levels.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, so and the, the kind of the trick to this guy is that uh, you know you think that he is just setting everyone on fire, which is a you know very cruel thing to do. <laughs> um, you know, Michael Caine told me it was like going to sleep once, but I, I didn't believe him. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you have that backwards. Yeah. The, yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, but then when you actually see, they show at the end, the twist is that uh, he sees everything as this world of lollipops and rainbows. Uh, <laughs> and then they released a cosmetic item, um, which we'll, we should briefly talk about at some point uh, yeah. probably after this, um, that lets you see it through his eyes. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is such a good touch. Like a lot of work, it felt like went into it for them for you know just cosmetics but it's really really charming so
1: many shaders yeah (laughs) yeah it it felt like the like they they somehow like just got the tech ready to do it and like okay yeah like we can do this now so like let's make that part of this of story
0: yeah yeah (laughs) <laughs> Let's
1: talk about my place. Yeah, yeah. So the arsenal, uh, the, the flamethrower, or, uh, sorry, the pyro has the flamethrower, shotgun, and, and a fire axe. Um, and this guy, or, or lady, who knows, um, is really designed for ambushes. Um, and the flamethrower is kind of designed uh, with the visuals being really noisy and disorienting. Like when a, when a pyro drops on you, it's almost never from right in front of you. And they mm-hmm. always kind of hit you and just sap your health away as they are trying to, like, uh, you know, not close the distance, open the distance. What are we talking about here? <laughs>
0: um, yeah, I mean, they, they want to close the distance. They want to get close to you.
1: Oh, they want They, um, they want to do that. But, like, once they hit you, there's not much they can do. Like, they're going to give you a couple of spritzes and then just kind of, like, soften you up for somebody else is usually what ended up mm. happening for me.
0: Yeah. the um, it's And the, even just the, the fact that they're supposed to approach you from those other angles is emphasized with their items, where you have things like the back burner, mm-hmm. um, which deals more damage when they, they hit your back arc, allows mm-hmm. them to backstab with fire, uh, more or less. <laughs> um, for a long time, this was a, the class that has been subject to the most balanced stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, this was considered really underpowered initially, and now is on par or overpowered yeah um a lot of this is because of the addition of the air blast mm-hmm. which was uh was not in the game from the vanilla, which allows you to knock projectiles and people away right. um from you, which is huge um it counters ubers really well um it counters demo man and soldiers, the two highest dps classes other than the you know the heavy mm-hmm. um and it is uh immensely useful
1: right um, you a really it,
0: really wide variety it even uh, helps you
1: uh counter other pyros because air blasting your own teammates will uh will uh blow them out.
0: Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. You can put out fires. Um, yeah. You can also uh, counter spies really well mm-hmm. with this guy. So setting somebody, uh, your own team on fire will not hurt them, but it will reveal their, if they're disguised. Yeah.
1: And that's where they uh, they play nice with the, with engineers. Because, mm-hmm. you know, if you are kind of pushed up in a base, a pyro will um, just kind of give her, give everybody a little spritz. Like saying, a
0: courtesy squirt. Yeah. It's like, the, the,
1: you look yeah. cold. It's, it's yeah. kind of like when you walk into a department store in winter, that initial blast of hot air, except it's yeah. a, you know, psychopath blowing it, bubbles on you.
0: It's when you get uh, frozen in a JRPG and your your buddy casts fire oh, yeah. on you. you know? <laughs> Thanks, buddy. Yeah. Um, yes. They got something called a flare gun, which gives them a little bit of like an exploding thing that moves in an arc. A projectile mm-hmm. weapon rather than a hit scan mm-hmm. uh, weapon. It's got a, a kind of a wide array of explosion and it hurts, uh, does extra damage to enemies that are on fire. Right. So this is explicitly like you set somebody on fire and while you're doing the run part of a hit and run, you can finish them off. <laughs> yeah. Or if they're running from you because they're you know you're trying to inspire panic with this class.
1: Right. Yeah. You you are a force for terror. Um and then uh, obviously the pyrovision which uh, let's see the world the way the pyro sees it and that is kind of combined with other items that uh, I'm not quite clear like if other people can see them when you're, when you're using them or if it's just for your benefit.
0: Oh, I when you mean other like if you're wearing the pyrovision glasses mm-hmm. uh, you do, you're the only one who sees the uh, the different world. Yes, there we go. Yeah. 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 Um and then they, each of these uh and classes has a taunt that is actually an attack mm-hmm. um they take a long time to fire and they're almost always lethal right. um and the pyros is a hadouken which is pretty cool
1: <laughs> yeah um so i ended up not really uh getting a lot of mileage out of the pyro i was actually kind of surprised um to walk into a world where pyros are very uh effective mm-hmm. um because again from tfc days like they're pyro- garbage exactly like they yeah, were, nobody played pyros. yeah they were very very much like uh like a humiliation class almost um, that would just kind of come out like some clan matches that i played actually like forbade them it's like hey this is pointless don't actually do this and so to see them given utility actually made me excited to uh to play them but it requires like a different way of looking at the game that just like, again like a lot of this is does it click for me it does it not um i i just i was never as effective with pyro as i as i would have wanted to be
0: mm. I, I mean i had a good amount of fun with these guys i think this is pretty good yeah um the uh you get to do uh there's a joy in setting people on fire oh of course you know it's just uh it's you know very very violent and they're pretty tanky too Mm -hmm. um they have a good amount of hit points so like i would my pyro runs were decent Mm -hmm. you know i would stay alive for a good amount of time um the biggest places where it fucked me was not knowing the map yeah so it's similar to trying to play a spy or trying to play anything like that (laughs) So uh moving on to defense classes, uh, even though you know there's the line really gets blurred here um with the demo man. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: Um so so the demo man is kind of this loud Scotsman, um, carries most of the uh <laughs> most of the stereotypes of being Scottish, uh with everything except the skin color.
0: Yes. <laughs> yeah, he's super drunk. Um, there's this weird thing. There's this weird touch in the metafiction about him, uh, his parents encouraging him to have a lot of jobs. <laughs> and I don't I don't really understand I don't know uh, if that that's playing from. on the stereotype or what that joke is. Yeah. Um, it's <laughs> just, you know, he he doesn't, He doesn't. has a day off and his mom wants him to go get a job mm-hmm. for his day off. Like, it's very strange. Mm-hmm.
1: I like how both um, of his parents are blind. Um, I like it, too. And he only has
0: one eye. <laughs> yeah and it's you know you, there was never a demo man that wasn't blind by the age they were thir- time they were 30 <laughs> yeah. um, so he uses a grenade launcher, a sticky bomb launcher and the whiskey bottle as his melee weapon right
1: um, something that's kind of cool about the about the melee weapons a, a little detail um, is that uh, the the oh gosh the weapons were designed to look like weapons but the uh, um, the melee weapons were uh, kind of designed to have like the silhouette of uh, instruments. Mm. yeah so that's uh that, 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 that's that's kind of cool like i can see this whiskey bottle is like a like a little trumpet or something like that
0: mm. yeah um but um this guy is oh, kind what, of good... are, what are other examples of that um, I, I it's hard for me to I...
1: like the shovel being a, a guitar um the uh the, the like the saw bone or the like the uh the bone saw uh kind of being like a like a uh ukulele kind of thing huh yeah
0: yeah i don't know if i see it is that is that like a textual or is that like something that you notice? that's
1: in the, uh, commentary.
0: That's weird. Yeah, I don't know if that, that comes across. Hmm. Um, anywho.
1: <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, but uh, but this guy's really, really versatile. Um, he's kind of meant to be this area denial um, kind of guy um, in his standard loadout, either with these grenades that uh, detonate after a short amount of time, or with these sticky bombs, which kind of lets you set these traps.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, So and he can do offense and defense mm-hmm. uh, that way. He's got the highest kind of DPS, like you can blow up you know huge swaths of teams clear things out with him um you know indirect you do damage from around corners like he's pretty great yeah um they wanted to give him some more versatility so during the war update uh which we talked about the war comic before um <laughs> they give him a sword the islander um and give him a shield uh the charge and targe and then he gets variants on these which turns him into a melee class <laughs> which is um, crazy yeah <laughs> that's really really uh i never i didn't really get in melee time no with this guy, um, but it is really, really cool that this guy has almost an entirely different, like, ten, there's almost a 10th class yeah. hidden in, in Team Fortress <laughs> through the demo man. Yeah.
1: And again, if you're Rip Van Winkling into this game, when a demo man comes charging at you with a broadsword, um, yeah. you don't know what to do with that.
0: There's all kinds of weird meta with his uh, charge meter, too, so that's how he covers distance, because he's not a really fast class. And there are all these alternate versions that turn health kits into charge meters and allows them to just zip around. Um, you can you can really be effective. Yeah. At this, uh, so it's really it's really
1: something. <laughs> yeah, and the Islander by default. So this is a haunted sword that actually it's it's a little bit like the uh, the the sword from the PS2 Shinobi game that like drains your health as you're going along. So like you're really encouraged to try and keep up a streak with this guy. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah. An alternate sword that he can get that the uh, soldier can also get is the uh, half Satachi uh, sword, which I love because that's the like legendary sword or it's based on a legendary sword where it cannot be sheathed until it draws blood. (laughs) And then in the game, if you sheath it before you kill somebody with it, it does 50 damage to you. (laughs) Um, There's all these little clever touches. So people who are just like, why aren't you mentioning this really, really cool flavorful weapon? Mm -hmm. Like, I'm aware of a lot of them, but it is hard to get all of them. Yeah. Pretty neat, though.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, Heavy weapons um, is another class that is kind of geared toward, um, I I feel mean saying lower skill kind of things, but, like, this is somebody who is meant to... um, you know, be able to, from a relative distance, dole out a lot of damage over a very short amount of time.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And this is a gigantic Russian guy, um, who loves his gun. He's kind of slow, <laughs> you know, uh, mentally it seems like mm-hmm. is the idea is supposed to be kind of dumb. Um, yeah. Yeah, and he is uh, a class that uh, is like the opposite of a support class. Like he is a supported class mm-hmm. <laughs> um, where he does really, really terrible in a vacuum.
1: Right. He, um, he requires so so a lot they, of resources to keep up.
0: Yeah. I mean, they, they introduced the, his major update was actually re- reduced to give him a little bit more efficacy mm-hmm. on his own because otherwise you need to have a medic right uh, near him. And a lot of his individual quotes and stuff kind of emphasize their relationship. The Meet the Medic <laughs> uh, video emphasizes it. Um, That kind of synergy.
1: Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, But this guy, his arsenal, he's got this minigun, the shotgun and his fist. And the minigun is really the major major thing here. So um, this kind of takes the emphasis away from, you know, hitting things as they're moving and puts it more on figuring out when combat is going to start and when it stops. Sure. Right. Because while the barrel is spinning, you uh, cannot move very quickly. Um, but you're gonna be firing. Um, however, the barrel takes time to spin up. So your your alternate fire on most of these is going to be like, keep the barrel spinning, I'm going to move very quickly, I need to be able to fire at any time. And then deciding when you need to stop that and cover distance.
0: Yes. Yeah. Um and it's the slowest class uh, yeah. in the game. So like being able to be ready right then because the action is going to move past you Mm -hmm. or it can move past you or something can circle around you while you're, you're going slow. Um, I actually had a really hard time using this guy, Mm. uh, even though he's supposed to be very easy mode, um, just because he's so counterable. If you don't have a medic with you Mm -hmm. when you're playing as him. Yeah. Um, I but that's part of that is I didn't uh, ever I didn't mess with loadouts very often in general. I mostly play with default loadouts. Yeah. Um and I didn't bring the sandwich, which got its own update as well, because I <laughs> made the sandwich video. Uh which is <laughs> which is about a sandwich um that he can eat uh on his own and regain health. Um or he can throw it on the ground for his teammates.
1: Yep. Or for an enemy who wants to come up and steal somebody's lunch.
0: Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Um and this this is uh not only just so he can heal himself so he has a little bit more efficacy without a medic but also to heal your medic right um if your medic is on fire or anything like that, like you need that medic to stay alive uh, <laughs> give him give him the sandwich yeah,
1: yeah. um uh, a variant on this guy that I never really understood i see I saw a lot of people on our server actually using this was um uh kind of leading into his uh his melee weapons uh which are boxing gloves uh the default of which uh the k g b um uh, i forget mm-hmm. what that stands for <laughs> um uh killing gloves killing gloves of boxing there we go. Um, uh, lets him kind of, uh, get critical hits as he melees. Um, mm-hmm. and critical hits are, uh, a pretty big deal, especially for him.
0: Yes. Yeah. Um, and then just, uh, in the interest of, uh, catching all our bases, there are critical hits and then also mini crits. Yes. A lot of these items, uh, either take away your ability to get crits, give you more mini crits, things like that, which mm-hmm. are just smaller versions of critical hits. Right. Um, moving on to the engineer, uh, who is an easygoing Texan. <laughs>
1: Oh uh, he solves problems not about what is beauty because that's the realm of your philosophies.
0: Yeah, your philosophies. <laughs> Practical problems which became a meme yeah. uh for this game. Um this was my former class in Team Fortress Classic. Mm, yeah. Uh but ended up kind of complexitying me out mm-hmm. uh between the meta of moving your items and teleporters. Yeah. Kind of brought me out of it. Um but his big thing, you know, he has a shotgun and a pistol uh which is not particularly useful <laughs> which he will deploy uh, to
1: protect his main uh, uh, assets. Yes.
0: His main thing is building things. Uh, So sentry guns, um, which can be upgraded to three levels uh, using metal, which is a resource only he really uses. Um, Dispensers, which give you ammo and health. And then teleporters, which you have to build an A and a B part for them to work. Entrance and exit.
1: Um, Usually your exit will be destroyed. So keeping that up is a really big deal. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, this is this is kind of a guy who uh, kind of comes out in very particular situations. It's kind of difficult to play. It's a very I mean, pardon my inadvertent pun here. It's a very technical kind of thing because um, you end up uh, really only pulling him out when you have enough enough other people kind of covering the main niches um, in in a given map or session, right? Like you're not going to pick. It, it really doesn't help you to pick an engineer
0: if there's no medic around right 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 you're gonna it's it's like it's the fifth class you'll pick on your team right not the not the third or second
1: and there are really only a couple of situations not a couple there there are limited situations where like a static um item uh however movable um will end up helping you so you know you want to be really kind of like cagey and fast with uh kind of setting up stuff like in a uh like a, a payload or in a uh you know a really kind of fast moving uh capture point kind of thing
0: Yes, yeah, and and to uh, to make that work, there's a, one of his alternate weapons, I think it's misca- his mechanical hand, allows him to, uh, he eschews the ability to make regular um, uh, turrets mm-hmm. and makes these little quick turrets yes. that build instantly and can be put on, you know, more surfaces mm-hmm. and faster. Yeah. Um, but essentially, yeah, he sets up turrets. Uh, his main enemies are soldiers, demo men, and spies. Right. So, like, spies can put sappers on turrets, which we'll talk about. Uh, demo men and soldiers do explosive damage. Yeah. And uh, um, and the soldier
1: yeah. like from from like a really really long distance away. So you want to make sure that you are managing the line of sight. Um, yes for 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 your uh, for your turret.
0: Yeah, um, and then that um, that expiration date comic. It was re- revealed initially that the teleporters <laughs> cause cancer uh, in bread, um, but in <laughs> so they thought it would do it in person, but really it just only works on bread and turns them into monsters.
1: <laughs> Pretty funny. Um, mm-hmm. onto sport classes. Kind of running the yes. bend here. Um, with these, um, uh, the medic is kind of the easiest of these to get into. Um, the others are they have a they have a very high barrier to entry for skill. Um, it feels mm-hmm. like um, the medic is this kind of sadistic German mad scientist doctor who has a uh, a, a soft place in his heart for his pet dove Archimedes.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, he has a, a meta gun, which is a Ghostbusters gun that heals you. A syringe <laughs> gun, which uh, is just like a nail gun. Similar to the, what the scout had in TFC, um, and a bone saw, which is his melee weapon. Right. Um, and his big thing is healing, obviously. Yep. Um, he heals himself. He actually regens health. Mm-hmm. So, uh, to make that not a thing, but you're healing people to heal them and to build up something called Uber Charge, Yeah. Um, which uh, is a meter that slowly fills. It fills faster if you're actually healing damage. Mm-hmm. Um, if, you're, if you're overhealing people, which you can do up to 150%, uh, it builds up slower. But you, uh, you hit the overcharge, overcharge, you guys, both the medic and the character glow and are invulnerable for eight seconds, I believe. Yeah.
1: yeah. And uh, like that is a big deal because nobody can do any damage to you. If uh, an enemy class is able to separate you uh, to separate the medic from uh, whoever they're ubering, um, it will uh, uh, shorten that, I believe. Um, <laughs> so the 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 emphasis kind of shifts to like getting a pyro up there to like push them away, having a soldier. Um, try and get uh, get them apart or just kind of like hunkering down and hoping that they are not able to use that momentary advantage to turn the tide. And sure. that last part is pretty important because like the rhythm of the Uber, you know, kind of along with the shifting of um, spawn times um, mm-hmm. and uh, kind of like run up times does a lot to uh, kind of like determine or set um, kind of a rhythm of play like these different phrases um, that, yeah. end up, uh, that end up going on.
0: The, the rhythm, um, of the Uber also did a lot to determine Craftworks Grammy win <laughs> <Yeah>. in 1979. <laughs> yeah.
1: So, yeah. Uh, with, uh, with Uber me and then a parentheses Uber me. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uber me, Uber me. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah. It was, <laughs> and uh, the Adam
1: Sandler movie, uh, uh, it was the, the, German language rain Uber me.
0: Oh, sure. Rain Uber me and, uh, Uberlish. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, yeah. So he hangs out with the heavy. That's his like kind of natural companion because the heavy needs him. <laughs> right uh, here, you have to uh, you have to have that. Um, and uh, this is uh, you know explicitly support uh, so much so that like um, when we say this is a friendly class for doobies, that's true. Uh, but it, because it is so easy, it draws. Um, you know, reading about it online, I didn't have this experience because I don't play with strangers mm-hmm. uh, video games. But the uh, people were talking about this concept of a battle medic, which is the way that other players can kind of give you shit if you are not healing your other team constantly. Mm -hmm. Uh, So there are anecdotal tales, things like that, where people, you know, if the medic gets out his syringe gun, (laughs) uh, he is booted off the server. You know, like if you are not healing, you're not playing it right. And that's what stops me from playing with, uh, with people. (laughs) Um, It's like, I, I love for left for dead. If we do, um, if this, you know, I don't see this becoming an annual thing. But if we wanted to make it two years in a row, mm-hmm. I could see doing Left 4 Dead next year, and it'd be really fun. Oh yeah. Um, but that's what stopped me from playing Left 4 Dead with strangers is just the you know you no, know, you always go Charger, Spitter, Smoker, not Spitter, Smoker, Charger. Yeah. You know, and just getting yelled at about playing it wrong. Which, yes, that's information, but it's really discouraging. And I care less about winning than I do learning at my own pace. <laughs> right. You know, so so fuck you, uh, Banana Fan 69. <laughs> like, I don't need you. <laughs> what's well, so like um, great
1: about bananas anyway they're like candy yeah. bars come on
0: yeah they're bad for you it's barely free spoiler bananas are bad for you <laughs> um the uh this guy has a couple different loadouts that will change his mode, mode of play even though like a, a melee or an actual dps loadout is never smiled upon by the community he does have other ways he can help
1: right um so he has different uh, different mediguns that can actually buff in different ways so either by giving them more crits or mini crits rather um or uh kind of uh increasing their damage resistance as they go on seem to be the two big ones
0: yes uh, the the crits krieg, which is the one that gives you mini crits and the damage resistance the inoculator the, vac- the vaccinator mm-hmm. um has different damage types it mm-hmm. gives you which is a level of fiddliness i don't want to fuck with yeah um worrying about damage types even in games i really love i never want to worry about that that much mm-hmm. you know it just ends up being uh kind of glosses over yeah so um moving on to the sniper um i think personality wise this guy's my favorite oh yeah <laughs> this this meet the video is my favorite um this guy's uh Jurati, like a little comic thing is my favorite um, i love this guy's personality
1: yes so um he's australian he presents as australian but he's actually from the lost land of new zealand that sunk beneath the ocean
0: yes in in this fiction (laughs) um he has so many like good uh his meet the video was really great because it's got this little charming beat with his parents Mm mm-hmm um, you know, his whole thing is insisting that he this is a professional job. Yeah. He's not just a, a psychopath. <laughs> um, he has this, there's this great line in where he's like, even if there are only two people left on Earth, I guarantee one of them is going to want the other one dead. <laughs> you know, or something like that. Like, you'll never go hungry as this job. Right. Which
1: I really appreciate. <laughs> yeah, And just the fact that they're mercenaries inform so much of what they do. Like, there are people like the pyro or the soldier who just do this because that's they what they the are. Game, yeah. yeah but, <laughs> but like so many of them are just kind of like kind of like forced into this by economic necessity almost like you look at somebody like the demo man who is a consummate professional he's obviously following in the in the footsteps of his parents but like even still he's like beleaguered by these economic forces
0: this um (laughs) it's a job thing just plays into all of it like the videos and comics and stuff show them all kind of living in this bunker you know like there's like time clocks on the wall things like that it's very weird like this reality is just uh is not is not real yeah um so he has a sniper rifle a submachine gun and a kukri
1: right um and the the sniper rifle um is is pretty well designed um so it differs from the tfc one uh you can't just like charge up a shot unless you have the classic um uh sniper rifle instead um it it really encourages you to not try and shoot from the hip and do like a 360 no scope or whatever Um, but rather as you're zoomed in you have this charge meter that goes up to kind of like encourage you to like just call your shots and kind of be very deliberate with the way that you deploy them
0: yes um This is a very popular class for Mm -hmm. people because that, you know, sniping moment is really fun. And there's a big push for like, hey, you don't need more than one sniper on your team. And you don't even you probably don't need one, (laughs) you know, kind of things in the community. Like picking a sniper when there's already a sniper on the team is a real faux pas.
1: Yeah. uh, In actual (laughs) play with strangers. So many times just like uh, playing in TFC, like where a two fort map would just turn into eight snipers versus eight snipers. Yeah. was fucking intolerable.
0: There's a video series that uh, because our Slack like eats messages mm-hmm. uh, in within about a day, mm-hmm. uh, I so I don't have it off the top of my head, but I'll put it in the show notes of this. Um, these people who do team like Source Engine uh, machinima videos that illustrate points about Team Fortress Two that mm-hmm. are fantastic. Mm. It's like they're like thirty lessons and they're little jokes. Like they introduce a problem, they make a little joke about it, and then the text of the YouTube thing tells you what you should do instead. Oh, yeah? Um, it's really useful. Um, really useful. <laughs> cool. And one of them very early on is about uh, not having too many snipers.
1: <laughs> so it's like little PSAs.
0: Yeah. It, I think they're actually called P- PSAs. It's like something else, though. Yeah. Like, But they're um, they're really fantastic <laughs> um, and recommended. Yeah. Uh,
1: there are a couple of ways you can change the way this guy plays. Um, you can get a bow and arrow. And this is a popular way to do this. Um, it can pin enemies to walls. It's a little bit like the, uh, um, the rebar gun um, in mm-hmm. Half-Life 2. Right. Um, and you can charge up shots like that. Um, and then you also have, uh, Jurati, which, uh, because he's a sniper and he has to, uh, he has to, you know, sit still for a long time. He's going to piss in a jar, you know, he has got, yes. it's, it's raised piss jugs, right? Um, that, that is one of my favorite bits in the, uh, in the meet the sniper actually is like, he's posted up and then it's like a bunch of, it's like a, like a stutter cut kind of thing as the, uh, <laughs> as it cuts to more and more jars kind of mm-hmm. stacking up.
0: Yeah. 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 This is, and Jurati stands for jar based karate, which <laughs> is just splashing people with your pee. <laughs> There's no karate about it, but in the comic, it's presented like a Charles Atlas yep. ad, uh, which is really, really fantastic. Yep. Um, yeah. he, uh, he also, you can get a, a shield uh, because he's very vulnerable to backstabs. Mm-hmm. Uh, the spy is the enemy of this character mm-hmm. um, that will protect you from one uh, one stab, but is not useful because then if the spy sees that, they're just going to shoot you in the back of the head instead.
1: Of course. Uh, we yeah. didn't say what the karate did. It, uh, it, it covers somebody in, uh, in piss for a short amount mm-hmm. of time, which allows many credits um so like if you know if somebody's coming in and wrecking shop in your base or is kind of like headed in to do something you can use your vantage point to kind of lob this thing at them in order to uh kind of make them easier to take down
0: and also they all get really fun flavorful quotes about (laughs) it
1: so nobody likes it don't say flavorful when referring to piss
0: it's very flavorful (laughs) it's fragrance very
1: fragrant quotes
0: yeah good good smell on pee um, and then finally the spy, which like neither of us are good at or know about. <laughs> we should probably just move on, but'll we'll, we'll say things about it we will. Uh, this is by, this is by far the highest skill ceiling and the highest skill floor right. I feel like maybe not the highest skill ceiling but highest skill floor of any of the, the
1: classes yeah uh, it requires just you know uh, a knowledge of the maps. Um, Kind of first and foremost, I think, in a knowledge of, you know, blending in and and, uh, choosing what to disguise as and understanding ways to not have your cover blown.
0: Yeah, it's very meta. Mm -hmm. Like, it's it's a class that rewards you for how well you know the game in general, Mm -hmm. not just how well you know the class. Yes. Um, So you have to know kind of the flow of maps, where people would be, where people would not be, how people act (laughs) and stuff. Uh, This is a uh, classic spy. Right. Um, You know, he's a Frenchman. He's got a balaclava. (laughs) <laughs> um, and, uh, he is fucking the scout's mom in, in his meet the video, which is very cute. Yep. Uh, um,
1: pornography of your mother is is going is to be the second worst thing to happen to you today. Yes. Yep. <laughs>
0: um, so he uses a revolver, a butterfly knife, and then he has this kind of like kit. Yes. Which includes an invisibility watch, an electro sapper, and a disguise kit.
1: Right. Um, so his butterfly knife lets him do these backstabs, right? Which is just an instant kill. Um, you need to be real careful about this because like when you do that, it exposes that there's a spy in play. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Yes, uh, you get that little message that says, uh, you know, somebody has been killed. It shows the little knife uh, icon mm-hmm. there. Um, there are knives that circumvent this mm-hmm. um, that have other drawbacks. But this is what it does. And the knife is a really shitty melee weapon if you're facing front. Right. Um, so you have to get backstabbed with this. That's kind of the classic spy. That's what spies did in Team Fortress Classic.
1: Right. Um, um, they the, do that and they
0: could play dead was the other thing they could do.
1: The uh, Oh, uh, man, I miss playing dead um
0: it's uh, it's back one of the knives lets you do it or one of the items oh ah, shit
1: okay I didn't let's see you that. Uh,
0: create a create actually like a dead clone mm. uh, and turn invisible at the same time
1: <laughs> um i love the animation um getting ready for a backstab like how it telegraphs that like hey this is open for you the way mm-hmm. that he like flips the butterfly knife around and goes for like a like a top-down like
0: psycho stab butterfly knives are things you should buy if you don't like your fingers <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> like get one of those to practice because you don't like your fingers and you don't want never want to practice anything again i don't need that nail anymore it's my fine. practicing days are done like I need to, i'm I'm gonna give myself depth to the second knuckle on these hands and then just have these little nubbies that I can use to give really good back rubs but not good back scratches so that's what a butterfly knife is in public service. announcement for people easy, who have so, finger dysmorphia yeah people are considering by, if you think your fingers are too fat go buy a butterfly knife because this will take care of that for you you will you will lose uh you know roughly a uh, one tenth of a pound pretty quick oh yeah of it, finger meat yeah.
1: you're gonna make some digital bacon
0: yeah. yeah yeah make some <laughs> some some nail and finger man happy <laughs> <laughs> the nail and finger man i don't know what that means i, I meant like a doctor okay. like a specialized doctor <laughs> okay. No, but like i like the nail and finger man mm-hmm. finger man philip Um, mm-hmm. um <laughs> you can also turn a uh, temporary predator vision a temporary predator vision kind of cloak you're not totally invisible but you look largely <laughs> you know, invisible what gary
1: means is you can turn invisible you don't get thermal vision like a predator has
0: no, that's all i mean i okay. mean like you can still see the person because uh, right. there's still a distortion in the air the 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 way you
1: made it sound like it sounded like uh, it gave the spy thermal vision oh, predator yeah. vision i just wanted to make sure that it was clear
0: yeah you you do not gain predator vision right your opponents do not gain it either
1: <laughs> uh, <laughs> right No, nobody at any point when you use this watch gains thermal vision now ultrasonic vision that's a different story
0: yeah. we have to gain the get the the meet the predator video <laughs> that will come later <laughs>
1: no, <laughs> do, do, do <laughs> the clicking sound come on
0: yeah
2: Uh, uh, (laughs) uh, Um,
1: um, but this is uh this is pretty cool um i like this this is a a good new ability this is specifically meant for like very uh tight situations where you're trying to get behind enemy lines so -hmm. like as you're making an approach like i've had a lot of close calls because i'm bad at playing this class um but uh this is very empowering
0: yes yeah yeah um yeah so you uh and then the disguise kit which allows you to disguise yourself as other members of the opponent's team with their names Uh, even with their names and everything which leads to a lot of fun situations Um, (laughs) yeah you can like run into yourself like you see uh, it's like oh that's not me posted (laughs) up on that cliff and then you you know that's really fun um and you know you kind of have to be like considered as to what you're taking the form of Mm -hmm. you know um because certain classes are going to make sense like the it's unlikely for the you know the heavy to be moving that fast or running back to the base right you know so you have to be really careful about this stuff mm-hmm. yeah.
1: yeah so so many considerations like for, for for the moment to moment of this guy something i love about uh, disguises and it's a choice that they made to make sure that sp- uh, spies were distinguishable um you still look like a spy to your own teammates however you are wearing a paper plate mask of whoever you're disguised as
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah it's very cute yeah um yeah, so these things, uh, and they can sap, that sapper kit uh, destroys engineer buildings. Right. Um, Just kind of puts a little thing on it. Um, You know, these will counter your medics, your snipers, your heavies. Um, Essentially just things that are going to hang back. Right. You know, because it's harder to do a spy thing in the thick of battle mm-hmm. uh, than it is to go back to where people are posted up.
1: Unless you're somewhere. fighting
0: me. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Because, uh, yeah, I got stabbed. Sam. Like, that was... Yeah, I got, I got killed by spies more than anything else in this yep. game. I do not know how to counter them. Um, the, uh, there's a, the weapon uh, variance is really interesting here, the kind of side weapon. So um, there's that, uh, that disguise kit that leads, leaves the fake corpse, which I mentioned. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a knife called uh, Your Eternal Reward that takes away your ability to disguise. So right. you cannot just choose the disguise. Instead, if you kill somebody, you disguise as them, and it doesn't give the message, the spies in the base message. Right. So it allows you to actually silently infiltrate. Mm-hmm. But you have to infiltrate the first time without a disguise, and that's really pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> you just have to hope that somebody doesn't have a voice chat. So yeah. Like, what the fuck happened? It just died. Yeah. Spy in the base.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> because we, we didn't mention this, but when a spy actually shows up, when that happens, uh, it actually goes over the loudspeaker. Yeah. The administrator actually tells everyone there's a spy in the base.
1: <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I just, it's fun. Like, it's fun to try um but you know the so we, we said this in voice chat but i think it it, it bears it bears saying for classes like the uh, the sniper or the spy like you know for us playing to get a little bit of experience with them to understand how they feel like that's one thing but if i was just playing with other people who you know in a team based game were counting on every slot um being useful or counting mm-hmm. on their one spy not fucking this up um i would feel terrible picking a spy or picking a sniper or picking any of these things that, uh, just, I'm not entirely sure that I have my feet under me with. Um, like there's a, you know, even if it's not like stated explicit pressure, like, you know, like with the no battle medics kind of thing. Um, I still feel kind of like strange about it. And so that's what makes me kind of like gravitate towards classes where it's kind of more apparent how you can succeed and be helpful. Do you, do you feel that too?
0: Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't have any interest in, 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 fucking things up i don't want to cause an Im- i don't even want to cast a shadow you know uh in general so like fucking things up is my least favorite thing to do and it's what you know in a weird way uh this was simplified a lot in left for dead where like you have roles but they're not as specialized and they're not as complicated mm-hmm. so like a smoker has a place in a team but really they just they whip out their tongue <laughs> that's smokers you know that's those guys um <laughs> this just makes it so complicated that like i really only want to play classes i can't fuck up Yeah. you know i did a little of experimentation but even then i had more fun with classes you can't fuck up because the way that you would get better at this is by playing on public servers and failing a lot and getting yelled at by randos and stuff Mm -hmm. and i don't have that desire for mastery in video games right um in any game really so like not only do i not want to let people down but i also just don't don't want to put all the time (laughs) yeah like and and you know we'll talk about this in wrap up, but like something I say a lot is I don't have time in my life for a perpetual game. Mm -hmm. And even the limited amount of time we spent preparing for this started running up against my like patience limits. Mm -hmm. Whereas like, Oh, there's not an end credits for this. Like when this is very fun, I would still like to be done with it. There's always more, you know? Yeah. There's always more of it. And that's like, that's, that's not fun for me. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's like, I wanted to play that, you know, that's not me changing the subject. That's me saying that in relation to this, if I'm going to play this for a limited time and only have, you know, my, my, 20 hours or so uh, on this, I want them to count and be uh, not only uh, fun, but also conductive and productive, you know, to actually help. Right. Because I want those hero moments and I don't (laughs) want to be the person who let the team down. Right. You know, team boys. Um let's talk about um some of the stuff that happened afterwards including hats like hatgate and like the whole hat economy and all that jazz. Yeah, that's
1: crazy. The amount of it's bitterness really around hats is 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 kind of uh, I mean it's a weird system but also the response to it was I, I mean if if me, uh, we're getting into judgments there I don't want to get there. But um you know this is a game that came out in 2007. Uh its last major update as we're recording came out last month when they added mm-hmm. um uh, matchmaking. Uh, this is a game that you know every you know a couple times a year Get something that kind of changes a pretty significant element of it. Be that new maps, new game modes, as we talked about before. Um, when I say new maps, you know, we alluded to that number forty-four community developed apps or maps uh, have been uh, have been
0: added to this
1: uh, mm-hmm. since the standard game was released.
0: Like the weird, good. the weird thing is they keep adding uh, community developed apps. Oh, so they have weird things like bacon wrapped jalapeno poppers mm-hmm. or you know ceviche sliders mm-hmm. things like yeah. that so the community is developing apps like crazy
1: yeah and it changes the uh, the teams from uh red and blue to uh to shirts and potato
0: skins yeah yeah <laughs> like that, that almost were like the shirts thing i was just I was trying to think of what food that would be <laughs> uh, skirt steaks uh, and potato skins yeah skirt there we go skirt, yeah. yeah there we go um yeah <laughs> So, uh, you know, 2009 saw, like, when this kind of addition of new class weapons and items mm-hmm. kind of started trickling in, uh, these on-the-fly balance changes and uh, different ways to play.
1: Right. Yeah. Um, and the way that they kind of, like, gripped around trying to find the way they wanted to Dole to use new items out um, is, is kind of amusing in hindsight because... It was very clearly a journey of them understanding, like, what new incentives they were, like, introducing. So, like, first, this is based off of achievements, right? Like, they added achievements to Steam, and they figured, okay, as you play new classes and as you meet these goals, you're going to be able to unlock these things, and they're going to unlock in a particular order. However, this introduced um, trainer maps and servers, where people were just going in and doing these incredibly boring, repetitive tasks in order to unlock these new weapons that would change the way their classes played.
0: Right, right. Uh, then it became just kind of time-based, uh, which would reward people for who put in the most time for it, but they didn't want it to be discouraging to people who were just starting. Right. You know, again, there's this layer of abstraction where you have to be like, I want that hat. <laughs> you know, some of the things are different, but for new players, like I don't, I don't really understand why time-based is bad because that would actually form kind of a tutorial curve. Yep. Like master the base soldier, then you get the base jumper. Yeah. You know, that makes sense to me, but they changed that. Mm-hmm. um became this kind of random yeah. uh, thing if, if it's with, if it's
1: time-based what ends up happening is instead of just having trainer servers you just have servers where people can go and post up um yeah. and wait for a long time until the uh the timers take over
0: can can you not do that now though now that it's i think like it's based ran- on kills I can, yeah.
1: yeah i think so mm. kills and points i believe
0: you can you can make a trainer server that just kills too yeah where you just kill bots mm. uh probably forever i feel like yeah um but yeah you know um, so then it became this thing with kind of crates and keys and a marketplace right. where you can actually kind of trade these things. Right. And, and that's where we're at now.
1: That's how it exists now. I invested $5 to buy um, some keys for my crates that I picked up while I was playing. Um, mm-hmm. And I just got like, okay, $5 is what I feel comfortable with my own money. Uh, putting in here, I got a uh, different colored um, uh, knife for my sniper, which is a class I never play. And I also I got some kind of doodad that counts the number of snipers that I killed. So I flipped my five dollar investment into a dollar thirty on the Steam marketplace.
0: <laughs> Pretty cool. Yep. This this, this seems uh this uh, this is not for me. No, uh, no, not like at all. This this whole thing is is I have no interest yeah. in this shit. Even the hats, which are kind of fun, and like I admit, when we were doing the Halloween map, it's like, hey, if you follow this thing, you get a cool item. It's like, well, okay, okay. you know, I'll I'll, <laughs> yeah. I'll go get the item because I, I want to go on this light bridge to Skull Island regardless <laughs> right uh you know but it's never going to be a motivator for me no and it's no. such a motivator for people so much so that they eventually ended up bundling in these hats with other games um where if you, you know if you bought salmon max you get a specific hat, uh, such and a people, valuable which, hat. <laughs> it's a really valuable hat that a lot of people who have no interest in playing salmon max which is a bummer because it's a good game um <laughs> just bought it to get the hat right it's really really weird and like When you say that this is Valve um, searching towards a good way towards doing it, I think that's half of the answer. I Mm -hmm. think also they're responding to uh, bloodthirsty maniac fans Mm -hmm. to where they could do nothing right. (laughs) You know, like, I'm sure that they were trying to find a better way, but they were also getting so much negative feedback. Like, people really flip out about these hats. Yeah. Yeah. Like it is, it's made them a lot of money. A lot of people really like them, but it, there's lots of downsides to yeah, this.
1: Yeah. It's going to make me sound like I'm above it. And I, that is totally not the case, but like I, I have the antibodies for this because I'm not a collector and I'm not, I'm not a gambler.
0: Yeah. I'm above <laughs> it. I, I have, I think that this is kind of, kind of a waste of time and effort. Yeah. Um, you know, like if you, it's your time and effort, spend it how you want, but like, I just do not relate to the idea that like this tiny cosmetic change or this dude that counts my spies is worth real life money <laughs> or anything. Yeah, that I think seems that's uh, an attitude I cannot relate to. Right. So,
1: yeah. So, you know, they've sat still on this for a while. Like they've settled into the crates and keys and that is kind of expanded out to other things. That's uh, how it's handled in Dota. That's how it's handled kind of infamously now in um, uh, Counter-Strike. Um, again, just as they kind of like push towards this longer tail monetization. Like that's the third factor in this.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then this, I mean, if the if the hat bullshit does anything good. It's it lets, you know, Valve make money from this game that ended up <laughs> ultimately becoming free to play. Right. Right? Like you don't pay play for you don't pay for Team Fortress <laughs> 2. It's free. It became free to play in 2011. Um, and it has to generate money for them, you know. Uh, and this is how. And it generates good money for them too, is my understanding. Yeah. Like they, they do pretty well from this. hmm Yeah. Which uh was one of the first games I saw that had that model. You know, that like was allowed to be like a substantial free-to-play game that doesn't like nickel and dime you to death with you know, with uh, microtransactions, it's just cosmetic items that you have to opt into. Right. you, you get a full play experience without spending anything. Yeah.
1: Like easy. E- each More class, obviously. you know, e- even when we're talking about items that uh that, that do specific things, each class still comes out um really, really uh kind of balanced and whole without needing this yeah. supplemental stuff.
0: Yeah. It's it was it was a game that was designed the reason why this works so well as a free to play game is it was designed initially as a pay game. Mm-hmm. And so that pay game base is always there. That never goes away. So it's just the the free-to-play stuff is built on top of that foundation. Mm -hmm. So, you know, no matter how far far you fall, you won't fall very far.
1: Right. Yeah. And, you know, so if the good thing is that it made uh, a lot of money for Valve, the bad thing is, like, oh, this kind of became a currency for laundering money for the Russian mob, if stories are to be believed. Like, this kind of weird bootstrap economy. um, And the downside of
0: that is... (laughs)
1: Okay, Trump,
0: come on. <laughs> yeah. The, yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, I like, yeah, maybe I have a tie to the Russian mob. Who knows? I don't know. <laughs> Gary, it's ridiculous that I have
1: that Show me your tattoos. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's just your cat. Okay, that's fine.
0: Yeah, tattoo. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> and so all this kind of goes back to the
1: to the lore right which we kind of lauded at the start and talked about with these individual classes um what's funny is the lore is mostly marketing it feels like um mm-hmm. but not in a bad way like this is stuff that kind of comes out for people who are hungry for this kind of story and it is used to explain and publicize like when these new details come out to explain it to, to explain and publicize like why you should continue playing team fortress 2
0: right right and they they actually um the what you know they're they're really kind of cleverly meta Mm -hmm. so they they will something will happen in the game like when they started selling community made hats the comic that goes along with that is uh saxton hale um we talked about um you know being called into a meeting and told that people are making their own items and he says hey why don't we sell them and give them a cut you know it's really (laughs) transparent what that's actually about but the fact that it's funny and it's you know at least relatively i mean somebody probably disagrees with this but relatively ethical Mm -hmm. like if you're going to make items for tf2 you do get money from it Mm -hmm. uh you know that's pretty cool you know it's not it's like if it's just marketing it is the platonic ideal of marketing where like i could see enjoying these not really knowing the game Mm -hmm. you know i had this comic that i read because it was funny not really knowing the game at all yeah and then i started playing the game again and like (laughs) added some kind of enjoyment to it
1: yeah I have this comic that I read that uh, uh, ties into this game that feels like it is a comic version of something that people would read about in the Half-Life universe before things went to shit. Yeah. <laughs> like, you could see, like, a like a rolled-up copy of this, like, tucked into a security guard at Black Mesa's uh, uh, jeans. Sure. You know?
0: Yeah, sure. It, it adds to this, like, this sense of Valve creating one of these, like, just very, like... Well meaning, gentle, rich, awesome universes that, again, <laughs> just to repeat myself, it sucks that they have no interest in anymore because I'm still interested in it. You know, like the, 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 this, that, you know, the universe of Portal, the universe of Half Life, all that stuff is still cool. I just wish that they cared about it.
1: Oh, yeah. That it hadn't been yeah. dropped, you know, five years ago. Yeah. Uh, and they, I mean, they th- do this care hasn't about been it. dropped, like they,
0: but yeah. Yeah, they, they do release new comics and stuff, but I want, you know, yeah. I would love to see like a Team Fortress 3. I'd love to see this plot move on. Yeah. You know, I'd love to see a Left for Dead 3. Things like
1: that. Yep. So, um, and something that makes this uh, kind of extraneous stuff that they keep trickling out um, feel especially good, both the lore and the uh, the theming of the game updates alike, is that they're obviously having so much fun with it. It feels mm-hmm. like like none of this feels like a chore on their part. It feels like somebody said, "Hey, you know, this is. Wouldn't it be funny if?" And they're like, "Well, there's no reason not to because it's a fucking cartoon. So let's right. do
0: it." Right. 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 Yeah. The, um, so a lot of these uh, kind of uh, the movies they use, they use a, a more robust version of it. They have better facial animations, but mm-hmm. they released something called the Source Filmmaker, which allows you to do uh, machinima um, in this. And that's what those uh, PSAs are from. They also have a really robust kind of community of you know awards for these. They're the Saxy Awards <laughs> every year. The first year, those were just like kills, you know, like frag videos. Mm-hmm. And then they realized that was boring very quickly and changed <laughs> it to these little comedy videos using the Source Engine Filmmaker. Yeah. Um there's they've done it for years and years I have not watched all of them because there are tons of them. Oh, yeah. I haven't watched very many of them at all actually. But uh there are, there are so many and it's very very cool. Mm-hmm. You know, it's uh it's very cool that they encourage the community in that way.
1: Yeah. And we talked about the meet the series, you know, meet the sniper, meet the medic, etc. Um those are a great way to get the flavor of these characters even without investing the time to read the comics. Um and then there's also expiration date which is just it just kind of came out of nowhere. Here's a 15-minute short film um mm-hmm. that dropped. Um, that kind of uh, kind of expands on this. Um and the scout's relationship with Miss Pauling, which is the uh who is rather the uh, the assistant to the overseer, right? Is kind of her cleaner.
0: Yeah. When we say these are marketing related to kind of relate to updates to the game, like something the most substantial one they've had, that expiration date, uh, added some dance emotes <laughs> yep. to things because the climax of that story has a dance in it. Like that's all it added. It wasn't <laughs> to add a new weapon or anything yep. like that. Um, there's just that that kind of care and dedication to it that just feels um like a platonic ideal of like a a studio with a lot of money and time behind it, you know. <laughs> like this is a good thing to use your money and time to make. Yes, you know it's it's, it's very loving. Mm-hmm. Not the least um, not
1: the least of which because it's just entertaining on on, yes. on its own, separate of the thing that it's tied to. Yes. Yep, and we talked yep. about the comics a great deal. Like, those exist. Kind of, there's kind of a break in them as well. They're the ones that uh, kind of tie into specific updates and, uh, you know, related to the Halloween stuff. And then there is one that updates rather infrequently, but it is like a story about a gray man kind of taking over and putting the uh, the mercenaries out of jobs.
0: Yes. Yeah. And, yeah, and that's uh, that's Team Fortress 2. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not Team Fortress 2. That's probably, like, you know. Fifty percent of Team Fortress Two,
1: <laughs> and that is being
0: generous. <laughs> yeah, so that's uh, that's our experience with Team Fortress Two. What do mm-hmm. we have uh, for wrap up?
1: Well, um, I had a fantastic time playing with the uh, the Duckfeed community people, um, and no matter how much I did it, no matter how many nights I dedicated to it, I never felt like it was enough because I was always having a really good time, and there was always more to see.
0: Yeah, it was it was really really fun. You know, big shout out to everybody who played with us. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, that was that was really great, um, and just it was just really kind of goofing around like it never got heavy and strategic which i really like like there Mm -hmm. could have been a way one way this could have went and it would have made sense for us to be like okay let's like get serious and and come up with teams and actually get deep into this but that kind of feels contrary to the spirit of the game which is so light Mm -hmm. you know and goofy um i had a lot of fun with it too even though like i can play this game for about an hour and a half yeah and then i'm done Mm -hmm. you know it's just it's uh and i also when i talk about not having room in my life for a perpetual game. Um, part of it is that multiplayer game, where my schedule when I play video games just tends to be after eleven PM PST mm-hmm. uh, when nobody is on, right? You know, so like it definitely I I like it. I really you know it's a fantastic game. I had a really good time. It's probably not something I'm going to rush back to. No, and um, we should know we're going to keep the server up for another month. Yeah, so I people know. who hear this will be able to to jump on and and play this dedicated thing with with cool deck feed folk. Mm-hmm. Um, but and I will jump in a couple times during that. But I'm also we, we're not happy we're done, but like. It's stressful to have a game that doesn't have an end
1: right, especially I mean so much of my of, of my life' schedule is like, okay, well here's this level down and here's this level down, and here's this like working toward finishing these in a in a very completionist kind of way, and so again, like there's always more, and there's always more time I can spend with these people um and it just gets uh gets a little hairy,
0: yeah, I think so too, so it ended up stressing me out and it ended up being the kind of thing where like it reminds me a lot of uh playing rocket League. Where it is like a really, really fantastic example of a game that's probably, like saying it's not for me is is too harsh mm-hmm. because I really, really do enjoy it. But a game that I'm probably not going to play right. very much of after this. You know, it's fantastic. Like it's really admirable everything it does. Like it's, the quality is, permeates it. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's so well done. Uh, but at the same time, like I just don't play games like this that often, which is why mm-hmm. we don't cover them very often. Yeah, yeah. And this was a special occasion where it made sense to kind of change that, uh, that trend mm-hmm. and, uh, special occasions are special. Like it's not something that's going to keep happening. <laughs> right. You know? Um, but I was
1: happy to kind of take on the challenge. You know, this, this kind of had the, uh, the feel, uh, at least structurally of like a live episode where we always kind of pick these things where we're doing a survey of them. Um, but, sure. uh, kind of with a, with a broader weight of history. Um, behind it. Um, it was fantastic to go back to this kind of game for me. Um, I'm, I'm in the same boat as you, like it just, uh, the, the idea of having something that I can just like, just have on my lap and then always play that just gives me anxiety, uh, kind of. Um, however, I have a huge history with this game and also with like this series. Like I spent a lot of time playing Team Fortress Classic, like in a kind of in a real structured way. That was one of my first, like along with EverQuest, that was one of the first, uh, you know, online game experiences that I had, you know, playing with other people and kind of like communicating with them a- a- alongside of it and then coming back to it and finding out that, you know, it kind of only gets better. at least if you do like we do and kind of build this community around it of like cool people who understand uh you know fun ways to play it um (laughs) it was it was a really good experience to at least you know spend a month or three weeks or however long we did you know visiting that again i you know i'm going to continue like popping into this maybe you know once or twice a week maybe but i'm kind of like you hour and a half or so like i'm done like i want to play from like seven to seven to nine and then read and go to bed you know
0: yeah yeah it's just um it was fun for me too even though it did really contrast those two different times in my life like Mm -hmm. when i played team fortress classic i had a very different life than i do now oh yeah with with almost no obligations um you know very few obligations and just uh you know and and it's funny too i think back to that time when i was playing team fortress classic on dial-up you know and how much slower everything must have been oh yeah you know and just me just having that patience like i couldn't browse the internet at the same time what was i doing i couldn't look at my phone what was i doing while <laughs> I, I was like loading up and connecting and loading maps and stuff I, I, um, I, know, I know what
1: i was doing i was reading books
0: <laughs> well i mean I, I probably was reading books too it's yeah. just kind of that's not what i'm doing now oh no i, I, I wasn't saying
1: i wasn't saying that as like a a, a a slam i was just saying like that's how short my attention span was even then like i would have a book yeah. there to read and i would like wait for the sound of like connecting
0: that's probably what i was doing too but just having the, the idea of having that much time to spend it's not a waste but having that much time to spend is mm-hmm. uh is difficult
1: yeah you know yeah.
0: that that is not a, not accurate to my lifestyle now so um you know but for all those people who put in a thousand hours that's awesome yeah you know it's it's cool i'm glad we got a chance to cover it as well i'm yeah. glad we didn't try to do it for a live show because this has been you know roughly three times the length of a live show
1: <laughs> yep. uh, so. i'm surprised i had no idea what to expect walking into this and uh, we got a fairly meaty episode out of it
0: Next time, we are doing uh, two games. Yes. This uh, is a doing... change of plans, actually. Yes. Uh, because we originally were just playing on doing ToeJam & Earl. Uh, Toe Jam & Earl is far too slight. Um, the levels, there's nothing to talk about in randomized levels. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's no level design, which takes out a huge kind of portion of what we usually talk about. Mm-hmm. And the story in Toe Jam & Earl is so slight. Right. Um, is that there's very little. So we struggled. We kind of went back and forth on what to uh, pair that with right. for a while. Because uh, ToeJam & Earl was tactically chosen um to lead into Super Mario Galaxy, which was tactically chosen to be kind of a meteor game before we prepare for October in Portland Retro Gaming Expo.
1: Right. Uh so we ended up trying to uh, make this into a weird ass PC game like experience on Genesis special with uh jam and Earl, um the original one, not Panic on Funcatron, but the original one. Um and Starflight.
0: Yes. Um they're also designed by the same guy, mm-hmm. um, which is pretty cool. Um and you know he made Starflight on the pc in the 80s and it's really fun to kind of watch him port that and then also kind of take this uh computer game principle and apply it to jam and earl mm-hmm. as well and um, we've talked about that before the other big example that we haven't covered on the show is herzog's Y, but herzog's why is almost entirely multiplayer and i had a little bit of multiplayer fatigue um, <laughs> i did not want to play a game that like you know, i can play against the computer but i won't get the full you know experience yeah um of so uh yeah, and then uh, Panic on Funkatron. Some people were suggesting that uh, that's a very pretty platformer that I think is pretty boring. I played about an hour of that to see if it would pair up well. Yep. And like, yes, then we would have covered most of the cho and series. But like, I don't have very much to say about the levels in Panic on Funkatron mm-hmm. either.
1: Did I. I think that we can we can address kind of where the series went at least uh, up to that point. Yeah. Um, in order to yeah, pad it, out that side of things.
0: Did you play the third one?
1: No, no. Um, uh, I didn't I have didn't an either. Xbox at the time, and uh, uh, like,
0: you just can't play it now. Apparently, there are tons of jokes about Toe Jam's third leg. Like, it feels <laughs> like it is pretty contrary to the spirit yeah, um, of them. And Starflight's a weird choice, too, because we did Star Control 2, which is uh, a huge uh, antecedent to, uh, or a huge uh, descendant to, uh, to Starflight. Like, uh, it was greatly influenced by Starflight. Um, but they are different enough to where I think we'll have something to talk about. And mm-hmm. they're both uh, the right length right. for what we're doing. Yeah. Um, as mentioned, Mario Galaxy is after that. Mm-hmm. I'm really excited about that. I'm, I've put in a bunch of time on that already as well. Yeah, and that is very fun. Yep.
1: And then after that, we're going to be doing Punch Out. Uh, we're going to be broadcasting our uh, uh, live episode that we did in Austin here, as we kind of uh, kind of prepare for uh, Portland Retro Games Expo, um, and also our fall survival horror game.
0: Yes, um, the extra uh, episode for Punch Out we already recorded, it, and it's kind of an hour long, uh, reminiscent about the trip mm-hmm. um, to Austin. So that's going to be really fun. I think that'll be, you know, a good uh, a good treat mm-hmm. for everyone. Do we want to uh, announce our Portland? Uh, yeah, think? let's do it. Yeah. Uh so for the Portland Retro Gaming Expo, we made a, a change of plans for this as well. Um, for something that will make sense in the upcoming year. Um, we're doing uh Pokemon Yellow. Yeah. We do have Pokemania.
1: Um, <laughs> yep. Pokemon is the most popular thing in the world right now. Um, strangely, again, um, uh, it, it, is, it is the 90s again in many ways, except for the economic prosperity. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, we're going to be doing Pokemon Yellow as kind of this exemplar of um, the, uh, the first generation of Pokemon. Um, I imagine, you know, there's going to be, we're going to hit red and yellow, but uh, Pokemon Yellow is what we're going to be playing at our booth. And then specifically what we're going to be talking about at the, uh, at the live panel that we're doing.
0: Yes. So we're going to have a way to market. We're going to try to catch as many Pokemon as we can Mm -hmm. uh, at the booth. It's been a while since we've had a cooperative uh, booth experience Mm -hmm. since the first year of the show. But uh, uh, I'm done with being competitive for a little (laughs) while. So uh, let's all work together to catch pokes. Yeah. Uh, Everybody who catches a Pokemon will get a special pin that nobody (laughs) else gets. Yeah. So come to our booth, uh, help us catch a Pokemon we don't have yet, and you will get a unique item that will never be uh, given away again until we die and <laughs> our children have to figure out what to do with a huge box of fucking postcards and bookmarks
1: and my course will just explode with these
0: pins yeah here's here, here's a hint just recycle them yep. uh, yeah just recycle <laughs> yeah. some recycle my legacy Um <laughs> mulch my body yeah. recycle my pots um and then as you know our, our live shows do tend to be shorter so we're not going to be getting into the heavy competitive Ooh. pokemon stuff we're going to hit the you know the basics of that stuff but that game uh we've wanted to do a pokemon game for a while and it is uh it is simple enough to cover in that time span mm-hmm. i believe as long as you're not getting into deep competitive stuff with sweepers and mm-hmm. EVs uh, you and know stuff, yeah. ghost moves and stuff like that i mean we'll mention AVs, but Oh of we, course yeah. we're not going to get into them that's <laughs> that stuff is uh, byzantine mm-hmm. so yeah and that's a uh, through the fall and everything we have uh, that we've talked about doing after that i'm pretty excited about yeah so it is uh, moving into a good good spice. Good spice. Good good spice. Yes, good spice. Yeah. Um, if you like this show, uh, what you do. So thanks for keeping around for five years. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, um, <laughs> really do appreciate it. Uh, you can help that continue. You know, um, tell people about it. Mm-hmm. If you like the show, uh, tell your friends about it. Try to get other people to listen to it if you dig it. Um, that helps us out an immense amount
1: yeah um if you have a friend who really really loves a game that we've covered and haven't taken a shit on um uh go ahead and tell them (laughs) about it share share that episode with them um
0: so (laughs) so uh you know whenever one of your toe jamming or friends calls in the next couple weeks put them on hold and then and then uh you know or or just uh, pretend not to be home let it go through the voicemail (laughs) yep and then afterwards uh they probably like mario galaxy yep so (laughs) yep
1: Um, but that is, uh, you know, we don't really advertise, uh, advertise the show, um, very much if at all. Um, and, uh, really everything, the entire network spreads via word of mouth. There's a new way to support, um, kind of a new, a new way of an old way. Um, Mm -hmm. we recently relaunched our physical merchandise effort. Um, you know, we used to do like Teespring campaigns, like very short, limited runs of shirts. And, um, I kind of got a wild hair, to uh to go and figure out a way to make that perpetual found a good supplier um at t public um also if you go to just like duckfeed.tv slash shirts it'll take you to a way where you can get those uh there are 25 designs up right now including designs for most of the major shows uh gary we should talk about whether or not you want the teenage dirt bags uh art on there i didn't want to put up a shirt with your face on it um, oh. without your permission
0: i appreciate that <laughs> as a uh as a general courtesy. <laughs> yep. Um, I, I probably have no problem with that. So. Okay.
1: Yeah. Um, but you can go there, and there are also like some jokey designs, and there are going to be more coming uh, down the pike. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, but yeah, that is a that is a good way to support us. Um, it's uh, it's reasonably priced. They're like twenty bucks a piece. They go on sale pretty often. I don't have control over that, but you can get like a you can get a shirt that is of very good quality, very baby soft, good print quality for like fourteen bucks,
0: which is a pretty good mm-hmm. deal. Yeah, not too bad at all. Yeah. Um you can also rate and review the show on iTunes. That's super helpful. Um and uh you know go to duckfeed.tv forward slash tip jar. Also very helpful. Yeah. Use um, use
1: the Amazon link there. Yeah. Um, and the biggest way um, when we said so many biggest ways, another huge way that uh, so many so many people have helped us and has made a huge difference for us over the past uh, two and a half years so far uh, is patreon.com slash duckfeedtv TV. We're pretty close to our next goal of having another show on the network uh, with mm-hmm. uh, Gary and our friend Jeremy um, talking about the X-Men animated series. Um, but uh, there's so much more waiting behind that. And uh, if you have a couple of bucks to spare each month, that is a huge way to uh, to yes. make a difference for us.
0: Yeah, yeah, we want to do do more stuff, and we want to uh, have this take up a bigger slice of the pie in our lives. That's the avenue for that. Um, yeah. So uh, until next time, what should they watch out for, Cole? Uh,
1: Pyros. Yeah, that's the obvious one. one. Sorry, I didn't that's get real creative one. with that. I mean, it's we've been doing uh, this for bubbles. five years. Uh, watch what, out for bubbles. Yeah, bubbles. Um, yeah, uh, from, unicorns. From, yeah. From. Uh, from. From. Uh, from Trailer Park Boys. Um, that character, he's real. He's real fun. Um, mm-hmm. uh, the Wire. Uh, bubbles All from right. from. Uh, uh, oh gosh, Powerpuff Girls.
0: I find uh Trailer Park Boys Bubbles hard to look at. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so funny yeah he's he's just got a real there's something wrong I, I don't, <laughs> well, it's the glasses it's, i mean it's the glasses yeah but it's just it's just it's hard it's uh, difficult i don't know julian it's like he's wearing a mask
1: <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's also the underbite that he puts on mike smith yeah. is really really funny he's a he's a really <laughs> talented dude
0: mm. <laughs> umbasa umbasa all right let's go through these